Bab Howdy. Merry Christmas, my little Burns and Burnettes. Welcome to Ernest Goes to Podcast, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the magic and wonder that is beloved American icon Ernest P. Worrell, as portrayed by current celestial citizen Jim Barney. This is episode three, Ernest Saves Christmas. Can you hear those sleigh bells tinkling in the snow? Ding-a-ling. I remain, as ever, your humble Christmas host, Aaron, and this is my lovely Christmas co-host, David. How's it going, everybody? It sounds like there's something in the air ducts. I think in the forced heating system, Dave, there's Christmas cheer. We don't even have a chimney here. How do they do it? I have a theory about that. First, let me introduce our special guest for episode three, my friend Elisa, who's previously been mentioned on this podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much for joining us on this magical journey into yeah. the implications of Santa and elves and reindeer. Oh, and, and anytime it feels really magical already. There's also someone named Ernest in this movie, I think. I don't know. He's kind of like a... <laughs> he saves Christmas. Chase spoilers. So we have Christmas in May. Yeah. The sun is shining. Birds are tweeted doing. <laughs> That is a sound that birds make. And yet it's Christmas time in our hearts. Yeah, and I'm really excited because this is my favorite Ernest movie, and I have many things to say about it, not only having loved it from childhood, but also because now that we do this insane podcast where we talk about Ernest movies at length, it's like a whole new way to look at this movie that is near and dear to my heart. It certainly is. I've never taken such extensive notes on an Ernest movie. I have here six pages of notes. I have seven and a half. Okay, so that (laughs) puts us at 13 and a half between the two of us for this film. I um, started to take notes when I was watching it yesterday to prepare then. You told me how many you've taken, and I just was like, you know, we need a person in this room who didn't take notes. Uh, <laughs> I hope my lack of preparation is helpful to you today. You took that hit for the team. I took that hit. <laughs> Let's actually go over your exposure to Ernest, Elisa. I couldn't think of anyone else that would be more appropriate to have on the Ernest Christmas episode than you. Oh, boy. Because we have a Christmas history together in a way that... A Christmas mystery. <laughs> That's a Christmas mystery, Dave. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But um, yes, Elisa and I work on stop motion animation together, and we've made two Christmas specials together for Mm -hmm. Dr. Puppet, if I can mention it. Oh, yeah. And then then I made one on my own. Mm -hmm. What's Dr. Puppet, guys? Uh, I created a web series called Dr. Puppet. It is stop motion animated Doctor Who. I got Erin involved, or she involved herself. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> but now we make ridiculous episodes together, and most notably our Christmas episodes. So last year we made this ridiculous five-minute Christmas special in my living room. Yep. And Ernest, um, he was important enough to the creation of the episode to actually get a credit. Yes, he's credited <laughs> in the newest the Doctor Puppet Christmas Wait, are you special. serious? Jim Barney is in the special thanks. <laughs> because he was so present during the production. He was so Christmas he, present? He felt... He felt like it felt like he was in the room, um, guiding our hands while we were animating at times. Yeah, he really helped me keep going and just kept the energy yeah. up. But really, my, my exposure to to Ernest was um, basically non-existent. I don't remember seeing Ernest movies or commercials as a kid. I remember the box art of the Ernest movies at Blockbuster. I do too. And that's for a some, really for interesting some, specific like, that's, Yeah, that's also but what I remember of For him. some reason, I never wanted to rent those movies. Same. <laughs> Same exact thing. Is it like a, a boy movie thing? I, Is that I kind of did think it was well, a movie you know, for it, men because it, there was a big man It's an adult. Face. I yeah. mean, I, I wasn't interested in seeing an adult man in, have in my agree. movie yeah, as a kid. That was also the same deal for me. Interesting. But that was my only exposure to Ernest really up until 
probably November, when Aaron came over to animate and was mm-hmm. like, um, so I watched four hours of Ernest ads with Dave last night. I'm That's like, me. Um, wow, okay. And then basically nonstop for the next two months, I would come home because this project is made in my living room. So I'd be at work or away and I'd, I'd come home and there's Aaron and there's my iPad with an Ernest something on playing and she's animating but Ernest was always present always making things about Ernest in your living room what a concept and that's why he's got a credit he was there but it was a really interesting hole to watch you fall into (laughs) (laughs) there was maybe you standing on the edge of it and then you just fell down it's like a precipice (laughs) yeah Yeah. you're on that precipice for maybe one day and Ernest plateau no then you were taken by Ernest that's what happens and here we are wasn't there a movie we were going to talk about (laughs) isn't there some kind of a well, this is what it's all building up to, Dave. Sure. I mean, no, people I... don't know why, but what's happened. We've come full circle. <laughs> yeah. Because it was yeah. Christmas time. That's true. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're essentially at half Christmas now. Yeah, it is. We've... It is half yeah. Christmas. All Just part about. of the plan. So here we are to talk about Ernest Saves Christmas. Yes, and boy, do I have a lot of things to say about this movie. I have to admit, I've watched all the Ernest movies mm-hmm. um, several times, but Christmas is the one that I tried to sort of keep special for myself, that I only watched during Christmas time. So I feel like you're going to be the one shepherding us through the plot oh how appropriate i can be like the shepherd in uh, the uh, nativity scene or whatever <laughs> i'll and, be the sheep well should we just dive right into Let's the uh... dive right in now uh, i guess the first thing to say about ernest goes to christmas is this is a movie about santa claus it's a good movie about and, santa and claus. i will say whenever i think of santa claus the character this is the performance that i think of oh yeah um i mean i never believed in santa claus as a kid gentle listeners mm. and this is the only movie where he in any way interested me in which i felt like he was a character and not just this figure sure this he wasn't archetype. like an icon yeah yeah He's really like a person in this movie. Oh, yeah. It definitely like humanizes Santa in a way that I don't think any other Christmas movie does. Yeah. More than a Coke ad. Uh, And I guess. And yet. Well, that's a great place to start because, you know, we've talked on this show before about how Ernest is like the perfect combination of like highbrow and lowbrow. Mm -hmm. And right from the start, the opening credit sequence to (laughs) this. Ernest movie about Christmas. (laughs) I can't even. So the opening credit sequence is just like this very like gentle, like. Exactly. Um, like <laughs> continue. It's this gentle. Uh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, it's this gentle, like reverent, like nicely scripted text. All the everything seems very like quiet. It's almost like you know what it is. It's the calm before the storm. Mm. It's like we've got um, we've got uh, old Santa Claus art. Like there's like some. It's comprised only of Santa from Coke ads and Norman Rockwell. I was Norman Rockwell is in there. Yep. I mean. What else do you need, really, Classy. right? Yeah. This is, again, another, just like Ernest Goes to Camp, another Did I Get the Right Movie? Because sure, you're absolutely. Like, this is an Ernest movie, right? To see the words Ernest Saves Christmas in such, like, nice, like, scripted font yeah. is a, a pure delight. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we start. We start off with, you know, an Ernest movie. Ernest is an ad character, and we've got Santa Claus, also ostensibly an ad character. A lot of Coke ads. Another John R. Cherry III joint. Although there's some other uh, influence on the movie from uh, the Disney folks, and we'll get into that a bit yeah, later. Yeah, I think we'll, yeah, let's just get into the plot as we go. We start off with Santa at the airport. We do. It's a cold open that does not actually feature Ernest for the first bit, and it instead focuses on Santa Claus and random businessman. Tra- businessman. <laughs> Hashtag businessman. Uh, businessman <laughs> yeah. traveler. Bob you know- Canada. 
<laughs> Wait, is he Canadian? I think he says Toronto, doesn't he? Oh, you might be right. Santa says he's up from north. I think you're right. The businessman does say Toronto. So uh, Santa and this businessman are having like a very eye-winking to the audience like I, I, conversation. I love that it's scene. It's oh, yeah. I fire eye winks. wonderfully written. <laughs> I, like, I think right? it's like two businessmen just having a conversation yeah. about, oh yeah, how's your, how's your company going? Corporate things, business, business, numbers. I can't remember. Is this working? Yeah, I can't remember anyone's name. Must be a database issue. Yes, that's I the best joke. I love that. <laughs> yes, because it's actually Can't remember really who well asked done. for a toy and who asked for a truck, who's been naughty and who's been nice. And the oh, guy's yeah, like, sounds yeah, like totally. a database problem. <laughs> They're hanging out and like sort of walking through baggage claim. Santa is Santa. He's sort of like when the Ninja Turtles put on like a trench coat and a hat and just sort of walk <laughs> through normal life. Like for the most part, they remain unseen. Except but, there like, are sparkle sounds that there, follow him. There red, are sparkle red sounds. Pocket square. All the kids at the airport are very like clued into Santa's presence. And yeah, they're, they're all on that, like, magic that frequency. Magic, yeah. magic frequency. Yep, yep. Magic they can kids. they can feel the magic and mm-hmm. um, they can hear it like dogs. So, you know, Santa's doing his Santa thing. He's winking at kids. He's putting his finger aside of his nose. They're just walking through the airport. Santa's getting his sack, his sack of um, gifts, mm-hmm. which will uh, play a crucial role in the entire playing out of events over the course of this movie. And that's where we start. Ernest, not yet to be seen. I like it. Because then I'm like, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. <laughs> and then he comes. Cut to um, Ernest is driving a cab. And this is one of my, I'm going to say this about a lot of things. This is one of my favorite things. <laughs> yep. Ernest singing Oh Christmas Tree. Oh Christmas Tree. Oh Christmas Tree. Oh Christmas Tree. Oh, Christmas tree. It's adorable. <laughs> it is. Aww. It immediately just like sets the tone. It's like, oh, Ernest. He's so endearingly enthusiastic about Christmas. And so Ernest is a cab driver. He's driving a cab with uh, the number 69 on the roof. Yeah, I know which... somebody that doesn't like this movie just because of that. Are you serious? Yeah, they're just like, that's a dirty joke. It's unnecessary. What if it's a coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think it is either, but like... But that it was one of the first things they saw and it turned them off to the whole movie. All right. Well, it's their loss. It's some, you know, sometimes things put you off, man. Sure. Um, but so Ernest is driving this guy around who looks like a mannequin version of yeah, Danny like Elfman. A, he looks like a ventriloquist He, he looks dummy. like, like a, a Renee Magritte painting come to life. <laughs> yeah. But he's just like, hey, buddy, we got to get to the airport on time. And Ernest is like, no problem. I'll get you there because I'm Ernest P. Worrell, thrill driver. Uh, I believe he also refers to himself as a speed demon or something at some point. This was, first of all, let me say that of all the jobs that Ernest has. Yes. We still haven't seen that resume. In the pantheon of Ernest's, this is my favorite Ernest job. Oh, yeah, me too. It fits him the best. Yes, it does. I love the idea that you could get in a cab and Ernest would be your driver and you would be, it so fits because cab drivers, if you've talked to them, are a lot of times like the most crazy interesting people ever. They've done everything. They've seen a ton if you ever needed an excuse to monologue being a cab driver is the perfect career (laughs) exactly that's what they do a lot of cab drivers the best ones they do monologue at length and they tell you these crazy stories about their past and like that absolutely and so the backstory that ernest is telling this odd mannequin man being a race car driver apparently he puts his foot way down on the gas and then he says reminds me of my old days on the figure eight track yep now Immediately, I'm like, okay, wait. So are we to take that Ernest was a was a race car driver in his past in the universe of this movie? This Ernest? <laughs> yeah, this that's, Ernest. that's what I understood. Yeah, he must have been. Or he just wanted to impress the guy. <laughs> oh. You know, I don't think so. Because he or said it delusional. so offhandedly. 
Yeah. I would take him seriously on that. I can believe that he had a stint as a race car driver. Uh, yes, and his driving in this scene would uh, support that yeah. fact yeah. because yes. he this drives like a maniac. He drives in such a way that the cartoon man falls out the back of the cab. <laughs> he is a cartoon man. Uh, Ernest goes over, picks this man up in a very, like... He mugs for a really long time yep. into the camera, and he's it's because he's picking the man up, but I you don't realize that until you cut to wide and see him holding the man. Yep. So it just looks like he's making insane faces into the camera for no reason. Yeah, it's very weird. That and one other shot is the only time I've noticed, like, the Ernest can, oh, like sure. I would call. Suffice to say, Ernest gets the guy to the airport. Mm-hmm. By this point, the passenger is completely catatonic for some my, reason. See, I, I actually had the pleasure of watching this movie with my mother. <laughs> Uh, I asked her, I said, do you want to watch a movie with me? Oh, because that's never ha- like we just bringing people together for the holidays. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Ernest. And she thought that guy was dead. <laughs> that's I understand that. I think he's just catatonic. I think he's just stunned. He is from the driving. He's just so thrilled, <laughs> thrilled to death. Yeah, that's how we, we were like that after we saw the movie. So Ernest gets this guy to the airport, puts him onto the baggage claim conveyor belt. Yeah. And he puts it on his carry on, too. He does, yes. You got your carry-on. That's good. He gives good service. Unfortunately, in the getting of this guy to the airport, Ernest runs over some other people's luggage. Well, see, the thing is, like, he's driving really fast to the airport, and he goes, don't worry, mister, we'll be airborne before you know it. And then immediately goes over a ramp thing. Sparks fly out the bottom of the cab. That causes the car to fly up. It's like, ah, I see what you did there. Yep. And then he runs over. There's like a steward helping two guys put their uh, luggage out of a cab. Mm -hmm. And he runs over their luggage and just keeps driving and then parks. Oh, Ernest. Um, So because of that, Ernest is like, I got to get out of here quickly. So whoever the next passenger that needs the cab, uh, I'm just going to take them. Who could the next passenger be, Aaron? Well, I mean, this is where destiny collides. That's right. And it's like, there's Santa and Bob Canada coming out of the airport <laughs> discussing that Bob Canada wants to have snow for Christmas. He misses the Reminds snow. Reminds him of home, even though yeah. this is Orlando, Florida. Home of Disney World. Yep. And there is actually a great shot of Santa and Bob Canada are talking. I know the one you mean. In the background, you see Ernest being chased by the steward and the two passengers. And, and it's just a great, subtle joke. I actually had the idea that this shot of Ernest, like cartoon running in the background of Santa having like a very grounded real world discussion is like the perfect microcosm of this movie <laughs> yeah. where it's just like Santa's doing very serious business stuff and yeah. meanwhile in the background Ernest is doing insanity with cartooniness control versus chaos yes, yes. This, this is an examination maybe. of their characters I think this movie, more than any of the others, nails placing Ernest in a real-world environment. Oh, sure. In that he is as cartoony as you could want him to be. He's as wacky as you could want him to be. But he's also just as, say, lovable. Mm-hmm. Vern is there. Like, everything that you love well, about Ad Ernest yep. is in this movie and works perfectly within the world of this movie. It's crazy that that's the case when this is literally a movie about Santa Claus and magic. Let's just get to the script right now, because every time I watch this movie with anyone they ask me if this was a script that Disney already had Hmm. that Ernest was inserted into. I remember remember asking you that because I figured you'd know because that's what it felt like to me. That was my impression is because it starts
starts with Santa and it really is a Santa movie as much as an Ernest movie. And yep. the Santa is so, there's so much care put into that. It felt like it didn't have to be Ernest. It works perfectly. You know, clearly there has been care to insert Ernest in here. But I think this idea of Santa Claus, of how this Santa Claus exists in the real world, yeah. mm-hmm. that is so grounded. Yeah, it does feel like uh, the microcosm of kind of like these two worlds collide. Maybe that's why this movie works so much because yeah. it seems like somebody cared a lot about writing the story of Santa very carefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the Ernest Brain Trust cared very much about getting Ernest right in this movie mm, and so I think it was just like the two work together really well Yeah, you feel the presence of Disney mm-hmm. in this movie Absolutely. more than any of the other Ernest movies you can feel them like around the corner like what are they doing and not in a bad way in a way that like works Oh yeah, the Santa movie and the Ernest movie are perfectly blended. I wouldn't say it's seamless because we do we do feel it, but it's really satisfying. And speaking of coming together, this is the point where Ernest and Santa meet for the first time. Yes, it is at the airport. Santa's like taxi, and Ernest comes running out of nowhere. Mister, Mister, I'm a taxi cab right here. You got one. Yeah. And he just like grabs Santa's bag and throws it into the trunk and Santa's sack. Yeah, yep. gunny. And, uh... <laughs> It took me 30 years to get that joke. 30 years and Google. But yeah, so Santa hops in the cab. Just like this podcast. Santa hops in the cab and they are on their way. Meanwhile, we're not quite done with the airport yet because we have two other characters to introduce. Two airport cargo workers. Oh, yes. uh, Oh, that's right. Chuck and Bobby. Who are are squirrely in the earnest side of the movie. Like, I love these guys because they feel like would-be earnest, like almost. Yeah, like (laughs) they feel like they're part of the same, they came out of the same... blob of the same yeah. primordial ooze they and, both crawled out of the, the same ooze that they, Ernest did and they kind of have their little b-plot story that is like a parallel to Ernest with Santa Claus it's lovely yeah just like Ernest works so perfectly in this world I think this is also the best use of Chuck and Bobby oh yeah they work so well as these two cargo guys oh yeah and they're they're seamlessly dropped into the movie I mean there's points where I didn't even realize they're in other Ernest things really they yeah. are yeah Okay, well, see, to me, I knew that without knowing it. Yeah, they felt like the same kind of species as Ernest. Yeah, exactly. They said would be Ernest. They belong with him, but um, interesting. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I see. I have not seen enough Ernest stuff, clearly. Few people have. (laughs) (laughs) So Chuck and Bobby, they provide more cartooniness to contrast with both Ernest and Santa's story. The first thing we see them doing is loading giant crates onto a conveyor belt. Oh, uh, what could that be? Bobby is flattened. Gets crushed in a very, very comical way. Chuck says something like, Yo, Bob, break time's over. And uh, we then later see Bobby, like, literally, like, stapled to the back of a, cr- yeah. a crate as he drives away. It's like, you're like okay, oh. they're cartoons also. We're setting up the world. We're setting up the world. We're putting all the chess pieces in place. That's, that's and true. And at the end, they're all going to come together right. in a really satisfying way. And then, and then we're in the cab with Santa. Yeah. And, and this is some of the best stuff. We're in the cab with Santa. Santa has requested to go to the Children's Museum, the Orlando Children's Museum. Correct. I, we haven't really talked about it, but Ernest, has, his cab is entirely decked out in all Christmassy. He has a snow globe attached to his steering wheel. He is one with the Yuletide. I think what ha- what happens is Santa has the sun in his eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And then Ernest is like, sun getting to you? And he and he gives Santa these 3D glasses. Yes, which he has in the dashboard. Which also- I'm sorry, glove compartment. In the glove compartment, which also has a bumper sticker that says keep the Christ in Christmas? Yes, it does. Santa is in the back seat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> is this... So are we... 
Is this Ernest's bumper sticker? Oh, I would assume so. So are we to take from this that Ernest is of Christian denomination? We're doing this? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I guess it so. It says keep the Christ in Christmas. Then I mean, it's like talking about Vietnam or talking about his kids. It's like so there and not even like acknowledged or no. like talked about. And no. then it's like we just move on. And it's like, oh, okay, what can we infer from the fact that that just happened? And I think in this case, yeah, we can infer that he has some sort of Christian uh, belief. Interesting. Yeah. Santa, again, is in the backseat. This is true. But, like, you can have both. I suppose you can. And Ernest is basically just like, You know, I don't want to insult you or nothing, being as we just met and all, but you know who you kind of remind me of? Santa Claus? I guess you hear that a lot, huh? Oh, yes, but then it's to be expected. Because you look like him? Because I am him. Ernest is so nice to he's Santa. He's so nice he's in He's so scene. polite. He's like, oh. He's the sweetest cab driver. <laughs> And then Ernest just keeps driving and almost in a reversal of that offhanded thing. And Ernest is just like, because you am him. <laughs> well, how about that? This is my favorite <laughs> scene. He does a double take at Santa. He goes, well, how about that? And like, it's, <laughs> it's the like, sweetest. Right. He just accepts that. He's yep. just like, all right. hundred percent. Sure. I don't oh, even Ernest. know what's going through his head, but this is Disney Ernest. Oh, yeah. And this is the scene where Ernest rescues the Christmas tree that falls out. Right. A truck with Christmas trees on it drives by Ernest's cab. He puts his head out of the window and he takes a big whiff and he goes, ah, smell that. He says, you can keep your channel number five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Aw. Just give That's me a whiff. Ernest. This is where he does your favorite monologue yep. about like. Which I should really have brought that up. You can keep your channel number five. Just give me a whiff of the old lonesome pine. That symbol of brotherly love. That centerpiece that all mankind gathers around to share the cranberry sauce shaped like a can. And that's your favorite monologue. <laughs> that is. I one. love it. It's so perfect. I've watched this movie several times. Several. But this is the first time I caught that he said channel number five. Oh, yeah. it's <laughs> This movie, by the way, is just rapid fire with really great lines from Ernest. So he saves this Christmas tree. He stops dead in the highway. Yeah. And then he starts backing up. He puts his signal lights on and talks about how safe he's being mm-hmm. as like a bunch of cars almost crash into him. A couple of cars do crash into each other. Well. Oh, Ernest. But Ernest has to save the little tree. Yep. And just throws it on top of Santa Claus and it crashes through Breaks the window. Breaks the window. Yeah. And Santa's like, I guess you really needed that tree, huh? And Ernest is like, nope, I already got one. Aww. But I have a friend who could use it. <gasps> Foreshadowing. <gasps> You know what I have to also ask? Yes. He says, I don't tell many people this, but Christmas is my favorite time of year. And then he says it always felt that's, like his own personal holiday. That's why he keeps the bumper sticker secret. Wait a second. Are you suggesting that Ernest is Jesus? <laughs> no. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Where's wait, that resume? Wait, but it makes sense. Oh, no. Oh, no. But that's not what I was uh, implying. Sorry, please. He just said, I don't tell many people this. And I I can't think of anything Ernest wouldn't tell everyone. Yeah, that is, that is interesting for Ernest. Like, he's usually very sharing. Yeah, hmm. oversharing. Yeah, whether so you want it or not. That's what he keeps close to the vest, the yeah, denim vest. It's special to him, so he doesn't want to talk about it all year round. You, at the beginning of this, said that I don't like to watch this movie mm-hmm. as much. So I think you and Ernest share some feelings about Christmas and how it's it's special. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, of course it is. I Even I've seen enough Ernest that watching this one, I could tell that Ernest is a little different here and that he kind of is, he's a little sweeter and naive mm-hmm. than all the other ones because other, you know, he's still clever, but he seems a little bit behind the other adults. He's more at the kid level in this one, right? 
Um, I have some things to say about that. Yeah. No, uh, I don't. Sometimes he is in a kid level. Sometimes he's more of a slow adult. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of his like sort of social standing, I mean, or in, sure. in terms of the way the other characters look at him. Right. I think in this movie, he is more in the role of the adult because yeah. there's the kid with him the whole time. Right. But he does feel sweeter. You're yeah. right. For sure. There's a naivety. Naivete. Ernest's like less admirable qualities are like he can have a bit of an ego. If if things go his way, he can get a little bit of an ego. Very he can braggadocious, be, as Dan said. He can be uh, a little insensitive. Mm-hmm. And all of those qualities are really downplayed in this movie. It's just all of his best qualities like amped up to 11. Mm. Like he's as sweet as you want. He's as wacky as you want. He says all the wrong things, but he says all the right things. Sure. Yeah, he thanks. says he makes really correct observations, but he misspeaks as he makes them. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's just like the perfect Disney Ernest. Well, mm. well, talking about the ways in which Ernest is like simultaneously a child and an adult is maybe mm-hmm. the... Well, aren't we all, Dave? Well, sure. We're all a balance of many elements <laughs> congealing into human beings. That's a way to kind of lead into the next scene, which is where another character is introduced. Har- oh, yes. Harmony Star. Harmony Star, man. This and, is going to be... How long is this podcast going to be? Because well, yeah, Harmony, Harmony Star is kind of like a teen runaway, I guess. How old is she? Her age is a little bit of a mystery. 22. Oh, she, yeah. she says. She's yeah. not 22. 22. How Maybe. old is the actress? There's the question. To Google. She does have like baby barrettes in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could unpack that. <laughs> she, well, it's the 80s and yeah. she's... And that she's, was um, cool, right? That was cool. Yeah. She's a little bit showy. She wants to be a star. She calls herself Harmony's star. So the actress who plays Harmony is uh, Noelle Parker. She was born in 1971. On Christmas, I should say. What? <laughs> That's how she got this role. So, oh my so in, in this movie, she would have been like 17. Interesting. Okay. Sure. I think she is playing a little bit younger in this movie. Absolutely. I feel like there's a lot of other characters like this. Like she reminds me of, I don't know if you guys have seen Child's Play, but there's like a babysitter in Child's Play 2 that she's kind of like. Wow, really? Uh, yeah. I should also say that uh, Kid David had a huge crush on this character. Also, the sister from uh, Honey, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. kids. Yeah, yep. I know your it's that, yep. It explains a lot about... Never mind. Well, um, you like assertive girls, I guess. Correct. Um, I didn't see this movie when I was a child, but if I had, I would have wanted to be Harmony Star. Oh, yeah. To a kid, she's so cool. She's smart. She's really clever. Doesn't she's, need her parents. She's capable. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. she's independent. She, she scams adults all the time, and she's smarter than them. Oh, yeah. She's so cool, and she's got the barrettes and like- I the, would. I <laughs> wish I could have walk into a, wait, the bus station and just be like, yeah, give me a ticket for as far as it'll take me. <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> yeah, she's like, That's man. the kind of line that I would dream up of oh, doing. Yeah. yeah, you fantasize about you being fantasize. that cool and independent. Yeah. Absolutely. As a kid. Yeah. Absolutely. She, was, she is awesome. She is immediately in the movie scamming someone. She's trying to get out of a restaurant bill. By we know cl- who she is immediately. Yep, by claiming that uh, her brother skipped out before her. Mm-hmm. And then she runs off, almost gets hit by Ernest's cab. Ernest slams on the brakes and narrowly avoids squashing Harmony Star. Yep. That'd be a very different movie. <laughs> Poor Ernest, Ernest goes to the slum. Ernest goes to jail. That, that actually exists. exists. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> There'd be a different version uh, of we'll that We'll get one. there. Ernest screaming makes me laugh. Harmony. Ah! 
Yeah. Because his mouth turns into a triangle. Yes. And I love Correct. it. Correct. But then Harmony gets in the cab immediately. She, see, man, she is so just, she got moxie. Oh, yeah. Forces her way into that cab and she slams her foot on the gas. Like, go, mister! Yep. And then Ernest screams again because now his cab is going without his permission. <laughs> Oh, poor Ernest. And she immediately starts fabricating a totally different story about how the waiter who was trying to hit her for the uh-huh. tab was her mean old uncle who's keeping her in, as a slave sure. in the basement, making her She's do like work for free. She's like a pathological liar. They oh, just yeah. start coming out. You know, we brought up a little bit earlier about how Ernest is a mix of child and adult. And I feel like Harmony is like kind of the same as mm. Ernest in that way opposite but almost same. like almost like a darker version well, she's of a like, child that acts like an adult whereas Ernest is an adult, adult who acts, acts like, like a child. child ah interesting but uh, Harmony also kind of shares Ernest's um, tendency to put on a front oh yeah to, you know, to yeah, sort of gain to she, sort of gain people's respect she kind of acts disinterested where he is like overly interested right she is sort of the cynic to his goofiness and they kind of balance each other oh, yeah, that like way like Batman and Robin absolutely <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly. Yep. Her being cool and interesting, her crazy backstories about having a mean uncle or her heart name being Harmony Star, it's all a front. Oh, yeah. She's just a kid. Pamela Trenton is her real name. She's a, She has a boring name. Yep. Probably from the suburbs. Uh, yeah. Well, she's from like interesting. Indiana? Was yeah, they say it? like she's from like Indiana. Or There's wow. nothing interesting yeah. in Indiana. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What about Erie, Indiana? Well, except for the center of weirdness, yes. That's right. Uh, So they're in the car. They're driving down the highway towards the children's museum still. They inform her that she's in a car with uh, John Wayne and Santa Claus. Oh, that's right. (laughs) And I finally just escaped, so please don't let him get me, okay? Well, not to worry, little lady. You're safe with us. Thanks. It's just such an awkward way to introduce yourself. My my mean uncle has been keeping me in the basement, and your response is to do a John Wayne impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's not really appropriate, Ernest, but it's adorable. But she's a kid. He yeah, and he's wanted, trying to... He just wanted to entertain her. Yeah, and cheer her just up. trying to, like, calm her down. Yeah, yeah, this is exactly the, like, naive adult... Yeah. Ernest is. Yep. Okay. It's a very genuine response, I think. It's oh, not, yeah. It's not great, but it's genuine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Santa introduces himself. It's yep. like, oh, well, you're surrounded by liars too, Harmony. Yep. Surprise. <laughs> and then Harmony's like, no, not really. She plays it cool. Yep. Close to the dead. She was vest. screaming inside. <laughs> yeah. Internally <laughs> This is who you got in a car with. That, that's that's going to that's gonna come back. That's going to come back later in a joke that I really enjoy. Awesome. But um, so they're driving. They're going to the um, the children's museum. The children's museum. And why are they going to the children's museum? We we forgot to talk about well, one thing earlier where Ernest and Santa stop for a second. And oh, uh, right. Santa's like, hey, Ernest, have you ever heard of this guy, uh, Joe Carruthers? And Ernest is like, no. And Santa's like, well, have you heard of Uncle Joey? He's tying the tree to the roof That's of the cat. That's right. He's tying the tree up. Uh, Santa's like. His arms like working. The... Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Ernest is like, oh, Uncle Joey's clubhouse or treehouse? Yeah, and then Ernest sings the Uncle Joey song. They, they never, never get old. He's they like, he always does, stay new. He does a little butt wiggle that I enjoy much. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest says, you know, is he still on the air? Like, I haven't seen that show in forever, which is odd. How old is That's Ernest? what I really want to know. <laughs> because I really want to know the answer to what that. is Joe, like, nine years older than him? How much older can Joe possibly be than Ernest? I'm going to say... Ernest is a very fully grown man. I'm going to say Joe is 50 and Ernest, so Ernest is, is 40. 
Sure. He looks 40. Yeah, Joe's yeah, yeah. been doing the show since he was a child. Uncle Joey, 10-year-old Uncle Joey. <laughs> or Ernest just watches children's programming. It's which, that one. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. that one. I was uh, like, the timeline's wrong. Oh, wait, it's Ernest. Yeah. <laughs> Ernest thinks that Joe is rich. This is great. And then Santa says... Like, you don't get rich doing a children's program on local TV, which we can all attest to. <laughs> right. You've got to do it for other reasons. Mm. So Santa is on his way to see Joe. That's why they're going to the, the right. children's museum. Santa's been very cryptic about the reasons mm -hmm. for it. But we kind of we, know. Don't we, we do know from his discussion with um, Bob Canada mm -hmm. that Santa is in Orlando to appoint a replacement. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He does say, and he, there is some line where he says, I should have done this last year. Why is there an urgency when it's just that he was lazy? Because the magic fades. But then if you know the magic's fading, Santa, you Santa should start didn't... early. I know, but that, that's Santa's why he a just screw up. A exactly. Screw I know. Up. I love that the urgency wouldn't exist except Santa, Santa just admits it up. from the beginning. <laughs> I should have done this last year. It's it's nice of them to address. That. Oh yeah, yeah. He should have dealt with this, and uh, now Santa's... now they're all paying the price. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Santa. He just loved doing the mm -hmm. job too much. Um, it's a very deep Santa character. It is. Oh yeah, he's so a person. Deep. Flaws is a part of being a person. So God, uh, Santa, there's so, something. Mm -hmm. So they get to the children's museum. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is awkward. Yeah. Santa gets out of the cab and oh, yes. um, Ernest is like, that'll be $35 32 or whatever. 3250 who knows? Who knows this movie? I have really good recall. I you will do. Say. You almost have total recall. Um, and Santa pulls out a bunch of money and starts to pay Ernest. And Ernest is like, hold on a second, mister. This ain't real. This is where it gets awkward. It does. Like, I don't know how Ernest is supposed to react to this, but they show a close-up of the money, and it says like five different times on the thing, this is fake money. Yeah. Well, we can attribute this, and this is a recurring theme also in the movie with Santa, is Santa, you know, the magic is fading, and, and Santa's, so Santa's kind of slipping. Yeah. He's, he's not really... There's other things are fading. Yeah, he's not quite all there. He's got... He's he's not uh, as sharp as he should be to sure. do his sure. job. Retired right. last year. Absolutely. He says that he accidentally mixed up his real money with the he gave play it to money. a five year old. He gave it to a five year old last year. I want to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> the kid is suddenly blank, it's with blank, the blank pot, check. fifty thousand air. Oh, <laughs> 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 But like, yeah, he says the bill carries the likeness of Mr. Funtime. Of one Mr. Funtime. Apparently there's some like conjecture that Mr. Funtime is the likeness of John Cherry. I don't know that I recognized him as John Cherry, but he did have a beard. But it was a very specific person. Mm. Like it's not the kind of person you would think to be called Mr. Funtime. So maybe it was. Right. Mr. Funtime sounds like a clown. Or even like a, 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 a like Showtime a pizza kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Ernest has to ponder over this. Like how is he supposed to react? Who does Ernest think Santa is at this point? He doesn't think he's Santa. Yeah, no, I mean, Ernest doesn't really believe Santa is Santa until later. Right. So right who, now? what does he think is happening right now? Is it just a weird old guy that doesn't know what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ernest puts on characters, so maybe he just thinks this is this is a man cut from the same cloth as himself. Aw. Well, they are in some ways, yeah. You know, he's are. a cab driver. He gets a lot of weird passengers, and I think he has kind of like a world weariness where he's just like, oh, I've seen it all. Well, Ernest is probably very tolerant of eccentricity in other people. <laughs> I wonder um. why. <laughs> and, so, and so he says that it's a failure to accumulate. Yes, what we have here is a failure <laughs> to accumulate. There's so many. Which is a misuse of words, but, but it seems correct. intentional. Yeah. 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 It works. It's pretty funny. It kind of works. I approve. <laughs> and then he says, what the heck? It's on the house. Merry Christmas. He says, Merry Christmas, like old friend. Old buddy. Yeah. Which and then Aww. Santa says, you too, old buddy, because he's so happy that, Sa that Ernest is giving him a pass. Yep. 
It's really sweet. Yep. And then we get into the Children's Museum. Santa meets Joe, who's giving a puppet show to children. Yeah, about, a, about how the dinosaurs died. And it, I was like, is this where they got the idea in Firefly from? Because it feels very like, I think we should call it your grave. Oh, curse your See, sudden but inevitable betrayal. What it made me think of is, is Mrs. Doubtfire. Cause that that's is what a, I thought of, too. Interesting. <laughs> well, he's like, I'm a raptor. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, children's TV show. The other interesting thing about his puppet show He's standing in front of like one of those like Beekman's World mirrors where it's like to magnify stuff. Yeah, not, no, a, thought, not a mirror, sorry, a magnifying thing, which is totally weird. It's like the opposite of every puppet show I've ever seen. When he stands up behind it, it makes his stomach look really large. Oh, and I was like, is this foreshadowing of his future career? It must be. Are they that clever, or is this just like oh, we got a magnifying glass prop? Let's just use this. I got to get back to work. That's really great observation. <laughs> Yep. So Uncle Joey. Well, a lot of you know, just because foreshadowing wasn't intentional, doesn't mean it's not destiny. Oh yeah. Maybe it was, they weren't even thinking about it. It's yep. all subconscious. It's subconscious. Right. People in the movie bringing things that they don't even know they're bringing. Yeah, I mean, Harmony Star born on Christmas. You can't make this shit up. No, nope, you can't. I know. Well, her name is Noelle Parker. <laughs> oh my god! That's why she's named. <laughs> Let this be known as the podcast where we all died. <laughs> wow. Okay. So then Santa interrupts San- this puppet show. He comes in. No, as the puppet t- show ends. And yeah, yeah. the kids all applaud for... Politely. Yeah. It's, it's very... It's <laughs> respectful. Good. Joe is not a scientist. So, so Joe is not a scientist. But we meet Joe and Joe Carruthers. He's kind of like Mr. Rogers, Captain Kangaroo sort of character. Yeah. He's got like kind of like a... a a paternal um, oh, like yes. TV presence vibe, which is cool and feels appropriate for a Santa replacement. He sings his little please and thank you song, but it's nowhere near as entertaining as Ernest's He doesn't rendition. even sing it. He sort of just he like, he, he Neil Diamond talks his way through <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and then Santa comes in and is like, hey, uh... This scene stayed with me because Santa does try to explain to him why he's been selected. This whole thing there were your name was on a list. I love the idea of Santa mythology in movies. And this was kind oh, of yeah. an interesting one where it's like there, your name appeared on a list. And for one reason or another, the other people were eliminated. Oh, I want to know. Like the mob. Who makes the list and what do you have to do to get eliminated from it? What do you it? do to get I kicked mean, off the Santa list? Yeah. Let's be real. Well, is it Santa a demerit no... system or is it a merit system? Santa is known Ooh. for making lists. You know, he's keeping yeah. track of who's naughty but and he, nice. But he made so it sound guy. like he didn't make this list. I imagine that Santa has a supercomputer at the North Pole that monitors all of humanity. It puts potential Santa replacements on a list and also removes them when they're naughty. I like this idea a lot. You know, Santa's with it. He can uh, have all the modern conveniences to help him run his business in the most efficient way possible, right? And and elves at the same time. Oh, yeah. Essentially, Santa is trying to explain to Marty... Marty... We'll get to Marty. He's trying <laughs> to, to, ex- to he's trying to explain to Joe this job opportunity. He's trying to explain it in a very practical, sort of sensible way. Santa's being very reasonable with Joe. Because Santa is real in this movie. Oh, yeah. He's and not he- trying to be. He just is. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. We're used it's to being, him being exactly. such like, a being magical informed. figure... But Santa is, in this movie, is just like a dude. He's a guy, yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Joe is kind of befuddled by what Santa is trying to say. Enter big deals. (laughs) I love his entrance from the car. Joe's agent, Marty Brock. Yep. He lands in this movie. (laughs) 
like this, a ridiculous this guy, bomb. This guy is such a relic of the 1980s. <laughs> 80s it is bomb. Fantastic. I love his blazer. Oh, he, yeah. He swaggers into the scene. He rolls up to the children's hospital, literally, in his car. And he tosses his keys at a mailman. Yep. And, and tells him to park it. And he's singing about money. Oh, jingle bells, checkbooks, wells, big deals on the way. Hey, babe, park it in the shade. What do you say? All right. This guy... He, more than anyone, I think, is a cartoon. Oh, yeah. I had the idea when I was watching this that, you know, he's kind of like the Mr. Tipton of this movie. He's kind of like this jerky <laughs> adult who can't see the value of childlike magic things. Mm-hmm. And he enters and is sort of like the wedge between Joe and Santa. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he comes in. Literally, he comes in uh, and inserts himself between, between Joe and Santa. Yeah, yeah. physically. And is uh, immediately dismissive of everything Santa's saying. And Santos. He's like, yeah. Hey, who are you? I'm Santa. All right, Mr. Santos. Just, I got to talk to my client. I here. love that he he only he only says he's Mr. Santos because he doesn't let Santa Claus finish saying Santa Claus. Right. But then tells everyone that's Santa's real name. Yes. because I mean, he knows what's up. What man. are you talking about, Marty Brock? <laughs> he's also on mission. So yeah, Marty Brock comes in and tells Joe that he's got a big movie opportunity before Santa can finish his presentation. Right. Which is not good. You can't interrupt a magical speech. And Santa's getting upset. He's perturbed that Marty's interrupted him. He's getting more and more agitated, but then all of a sudden he remembers... My goodness! My sack! The reaction to him yelling my sack and running off... They're so confused, and it's just the perfect. Who like, is this yeah. guy? I laughed every time Santa said "my sack." Oh, it's, I mean, it's a good. Let's. I'll just be honest. The writers chose the correct of word. Of course. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I didn't do it. Yeah. I didn't write this. So Santa runs outside. He goes. I can't believe I left it. I must really be slipping. So Santa's concerned about his missing sack. Cut back to Ernest <laughs> and Harmony. At the cab company where Ernest works. Yeah, Harmony's still with Ernest. We missed the conversation where they decided that was going to happen. I think, I think she was going to con him eventually. Some long I, con. I wouldn't, long I, wouldn't con? Be, I wouldn't be surprised. Long con. It. Yeah, so she's... Gain his trust. Wait, a, a Santa con? <laughs> she's uh, hanging out in the backseat of his cab while Ernest is being... Um, Verbally assaulted yeah. by his uh, Danny DeVito-esque boss. Basically, what we learn is that Ernest is known for giving free rides to people. Yeah, this is, again, Disney Ernest. Good Samaritans like you don't make money. Oh, and, why didn't Ernest just pay for them himself? And this is where Ernest starts to have like an inkling of like the magic of Santa, because he's like, This guy was different. Call it clairvoyancy. Call it extrasensory perspiration. I just had this hunch. <laughs> Again, one of the many misspeaks in this movie. But we know what he's saying. Oh, yeah. But the guy's just like, I've had it with you. You're fired. Yep. And Ernest makes a big sad face that anytime I watch this movie with anyone, everyone goes, aww, at that yep. part because it's puppy dog sadness. He starts to leave and this jerky boss throws the sack at him and is like, take the sack with you. Oh, And um, Harmony tells him that he should have lied. Yep. And then his boss throws a tree on top of Ernest. Yeah, Ernest. Poor Ernest. It's a good thing he's indestructible. But he feels pain. Yeah. He clearly feels it vividly. <laughs> and and then Harmony says that Ernest is in need of serious help. Which I immediately thought of you because every time we talk about Ernest's like Someone help Yeah, him! someone please just help if someone could just help Ernest. That's why Harmony is great. Yeah. She, she is, takes it upon herself. She is the one to help Ernest. In a similar manner, Ernest does his uh, standard Ernest posturing where he's like, if there hadn't been children present, it would have been a very <laughs> ugly scene indeed. Know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Ernest what what do you whole... mean, Ernest? <laughs> it means that he's going to start he thrown down. the fisticuffs. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, Instead of droopy dogging his way out of the, the right. depot. Back at the Children's Museum, Santa is befuddled at his uh, failure to hang on to his sack. 
Well, they're trying to help him find it. Joe is genuinely trying to help him find it. Marty is trying to get rid of Santa. The receptionist at the Children's Museum, uh, the sweet little old lady. Yeah, she, who was on Max Headroom. And she, she had a moment with Santa earlier. She told Santa that the kids love Joe and everything. And they were walking arm in arm. Like Santa immediately got in her good graces. Yeah, Sa- Santa's kind of macking it on this oh, lady. Yeah. She's calling, looking for a Mr. Warrell. I love that they call him Warrell again. Yeah. They're trying to find a Warrell. They're just calling every cab company. Right, right. And then Santa says that he kept track of Ernest for a while. Yes. Until he was 11. Yes. And he says... I'm sorry, listeners. I have to take a moment to be angry that Santa said that Ernest wasn't very bright. Yes, he does say that Ernest was not very... He was such a good boy, but not very bright. That's the the line that the writers were trying to write Ernest differently, maybe? They actually acknowledge it? Well, they always... The movies always tell us that he's dumb, and everyone always tells us that he's dumb, and everyone involved with the creation of Ernest tells us that Ernest is dumb. But he's not. But he's not. I hear what you're telling me, but as a viewer and as a person that has met other people in the world, I can (laughs) tell you that Ernest is not dumb. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's just a movie thing. That's not the most earth-shattering thing Santa says. No. He says, such a good boy, but not very bright. I think he grew up with this guy. What was his name? Vern? Guys, guys, Vern is in this movie. But now you immediately picture little 10-year-old Vern and little 10-year-old Ernest well, and like a Barney and Frizzy. Well, I imagine Vern was still the adult neighbor and a child Ernest pestering Whoa, the adult. How what? old is Vern? <laughs> He's just like 90 working on his roof. No, I never imagined Vern as a kid. When, oh, that's when, crazy. when I heard that, knowing what I now know about Ad Ernest, I literally just wrote down on my notepad, how long has this been going on? <laughs> how, how long has... You could have like a Flintstone kids version. Of Ernest and Vern. That's what I pictured. So they're oh, like, man. He's still like, hey, Vern, I got roller skates. <laughs> and then he rolls through Vern's like sad castle. Jeez. <laughs> we need to make this. Baby Ernest. Yep. <laughs> So we get this allusion to Vern, and basically what happens next is the cops show up because Marty Brock calls the police. Because Joe leaves, and Santa is left with Marty to try to find his sack, and Marty keeps calling him Mr. Santos. Yeah, because... Because he's an idiot. Yeah. And then Santa finally blows up and says, the name is Santa Claus. And that's when Mary, the receptionist, stops calling people. She's like, oh, never mind. She hangs up. They would have found her. Well, first first she just goes, oh. Oh. (laughs) Bye. And then... Then they immediately call the police. Correct. Because that's a crime, claiming to be Santa Claus. Yep. So Santa gets arrested. Santa so, looks so sad. day at the police station. Yeah. Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> Florida man claims to be Santa Claus. We've heard Santa make a, a vague allusion to Vern. Cut to Harmony and Ernest pulling up outside of Vern's house. This is a, this is like, oh my God, Vern's in this movie. Because Vern Ernest is talking about Vern in... the entire time yep. that they drive up to the house. Yep. And he says some earth-shattering things. Vern, Vern, Vern. We go way back. He's my best buddy. Oh, Vern's done pretty good for himself, though. If it weren't for me, he wouldn't be where he is today. I taught him all he knows about nuclear physics. He's a nuclear physicist? He's a nuclear physicist! Ernest loves Vern. Why does Ernest look up to Vern? Because he's smart? I, I guess so. But Ernest is smart too. He just doesn't know that he's smart. Because literally everyone in the world, and in the world outside of Ernest's world, tells him that he's dumb. Right. When I was watching this, my question is the, kind of the same question that always comes up, which is just like, how much of this is real, what Ernest is saying about Vern? Like, 
I can I'm, believe that I he believe throws, most. He throws I believe the best everything parties. that Ernest sure. says, actually. See, that's why I got the impression Vern was older than him. And like, oh, interesting. You know, you always think the adults are these, you imagine them more accomplished than they are sometimes. I don't know. It's like, you have a job. That means you're a nuclear physicist. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> I think it's more like they grew up together and maybe they were best friends and then they drifted apart Aww. as Ernest, as Vern got more into science and nuclear <laughs> and Ernest was also into science but it was more of the mad sciences sure, and you can't absolutely. get a degree in the mad sciences well, in the real world unless you're like <laughs> you're Dismonics doc- Institute or something yeah I think Dr. Otto got his degree in the mad sciences <laughs> in the mad sciences but their lives went separate ways but they started at the same place and oh, yeah. Ernest is just trying to keep them together oh it's so sad but so Ernest is explaining his long and storied history with Vern he says they work on the house together he says all this stuff sounds like stuff that Ernest fantasizes about yeah, I, but I imagine that Ernest does go over and help him work on the house, quote unquote help. Of course, yeah. This is where he is at his most ad Ernest. I think Ernest oh, yeah. needs Vern. Oh yeah, he is at his most earnest mm-hmm. when Vern is a presence in his life. Absolutely, he gets so excited talking about Vern's upcoming Christmas party. Yep, little finger sandwiches and, and cheese balls and bean dip. This is where he gets like excited about products and it yeah. feels like the old Ernest because he starts talking Party about punch. like cheese balls and everything and getting really excited about food products. Well, what's really nice about the Ernest and Harmony at Vern's house scene is that this is where we also start to see the bond that Ernest and Harmony are forming. Yeah. And she almost kind of has like Ernest-like affectations to her where she's like, you know, I think red meat makes people really overly aggressive. So they like kill people and stuff. Know what I mean? Yo, saying, they're, they're... saying something insane and then following it with, you know what I mean? And he does. He yeah. goes, your eyes rain, Putin. Pork's my meat. He's like, yeah, I get you. Yep. I understand. They're kindred spirits. So <laughs> how do you even describe entering Vern's this house? This is the best joke in the entire movie. It really is. Where Vern opens the door is the point of view. Ernest's face pops in and he goes, ho, 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 Vern. Merry And the, the door just Slam. slams in his face. The best joke. And Harmony's like, I thought you said you knew this guy. And Ernest is like, oh, Vern's always joking like that. Vern's reaction is great. He looks like slightly angry and confused. Yeah, that didn't work out how he wanted. But once they get he in... You can't understand. Why? What's, why would Vern not want him inside the house? <laughs> once They're they are friends. inside at Vern's party, he introduces uh, Harmony to Vern and explicitly says, you know, I'm kind of being paternal. This is Harmony. She's been having kind of a tough time, so I'm helping her out. You know, kind of a father image kind of thing. As the twig is bent. So grows the tree. Know what I mean? And I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's so. No, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it makes sense. A, you can grow a tree from a twig if you cut it. All right. Ernest is a genius, though. There we, there we go. <laughs> Done. So uh, the next scene is uh, largely from Vern's point of view. This is the best scene. Oh, yeah. Like, it's that uh, one shot. For a long time. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's Ernest dragging this giant tree in, Harmony behind Ernest, saying yep. hi, tagging along and, as Ernest destroys the, the house. I love her line. She says, like, nice place. It suits you. Or what yeah, is she, she says, so it's, 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 it's really you. you. It's really you. Yeah. What is that? What does Vern look what like? Is, yeah. yeah. It looks kind of like a very average suburban house. I think Vern looks like Astor Clement. It does. <laughs> we'll get to. Uh, yeah. But also, Vern just has like a bunch of Van Eyck portraiture up on mm-hmm. his wall. <laughs> I and I was like, see that. All right, yeah. sure. He's a fan of art. He's got chandeliers. He's yeah. got a, a very fancy spread. It's a, I mean, it's a very big house. It looks very 80s. I and loved it. I love just, just like a symphony of crashing sounds. Isn't like the Hallelujah Chorus playing? Yes, because that's, that's what Vern has playing. <laughs> yeah, Ernest starts to put up the tree while Harmony is like in looking the background. around in the background. She's not looking around. She's 
taking plates of Vern's food and stuffing them into her purse. <laughs> I, didn't <even laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah. Ernest is putting this up the scene tree. scene is so packed. It's oh, yeah. wonderful. Ernest is putting up the tree. This is, by the way, the best arm scene. Best <laughs> arm scene. Where Ernest's biceps are in full view as he is placing the... What? You got really what? quiet. <laughs> so, Earth was letting you bastard. Should we leave the room? <laughs> yeah, and then he sees the party punch. We get a party punch gag where he... Yep. Drinks it and he says it's superb. It's like Ernest's greatest hits, essentially. The the tree falling on Ernest made me laugh really hard. I'm not a big laugher. I'm not a big LOLer. A very well timed sequence. The but whole it, thing. That did I can't imagine how many takes oh, yeah. they needed to do. As this is happening, we're kind of cutting we start to cut back and forth between the party, quote unquote, <laughs> and Santa being booked at the police station, getting his uh fingerprints done and, and they no have flakes. snowflakes in them for <laughs> some reason. Why don't they pick up on that? They're like, maybe he is Santa. Well, one of the cops does call it out, and they're just like, eh, oh, well. whatever. I've seen weird. It's it's like we'll that guy, Florida. that guy at the airport who's like, sure, you're Santa, whatever. Okay, I hate it's my just, job. There's something wrong with our fingerprint scanner. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy comes up and he's gonna process Santa. He's like, come on, pops. And he's like the same age as Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Just bad casting. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we cut back to Vern's party, oh and Harmony God. is explaining basically the last few scenes of the movie. Sure, like, to catch here's, Vern up. here's what happened. <laughs> Ernest gave the ride to Santa, didn't lie about it. That's why we got here. Bo- she calls him Bobo. Yeah, right? which is okay. <laughs> and then she says, Are those bacon cheeseburgers? After knocking red meat. Yeah, that confused in the me also. Scene. She's just full of it, Dave. Oh, yeah. It's a front. She'll eat food if it's there. And, and free. This is where Ernest tries to unplug the lights that Vern has plugged in. I, th- I think he's trying to unplug them because he wants to put them on the tree. Oh, sure. That's reasonable. Yeah. But he, but they're not coming out for some reason. So he just like ends up ripping the entire cable out yeah. of the wall. And it goes, it follows a, a cartoony path all the way up to the light fixture. <laughs> you know, Vern, it looks like a transmutation of 110 and 220. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> But he says, like, hey, Vern, it's not like the cab company the can't, cab afford, com- yeah. can't afford to give a free ride now and then. He also says something about opening chestnuts on a roasted fire. Yes, Aww. he does. <laughs> Basically just trying to say, like, it's Christmas. Yeah. Like, this is why I did this. I don't have to explain yeah, myself. It's Christmas. Yeah. A time for, for chestnuts opening on a roasted fire. A time for sleigh bells tinkling in the snow. It's rapid fire in this movie. So you have to see it a few times to catch it all. But tinkling is not quite twinkling. No, not quite. quite. Tinkling in the snow is different. (laughs) (laughs) And then he tugs at the wire again and it blows out one of Vern's lights completely. Which a flash fills the screen and is a transition back to Santa at the police station having his mug shot taken. And his name on the board, I believe, is John Doe. Yeah. And Santa is being... Totally reasonable. Like the guy's asking him how old you are, and he's like 158 or something ridiculous. 151 or something like that. And and the the cop booking him is just like, you're killing me, pops. We're the same age. You're killing me. (laughs) Back at Vern's house, Ernest goes out to his truck to get something to fix the wiring. He's pulled the he's pulled the wire to the point where it's ripped one of Vern's paintings in half. (laughs) Yes, his priceless uh, Van Eyck. Yeah. yeah, the chandelier is also on the table at this point. Yes, he's pulling the wire, <laughs> and as he pulls the wire, the chandelier is like going up and down with his action. It's great. It's such a good gag. You know what? When I when I saw this, I thought I had the theory that Vern is in a wheelchair. Oh, jeez! Because why is he not stopping this? 
Think about it. Yeah, that's a really well, good the point question. of view is He's higher. just watching. Because otherwise, you'd think he would go stop Ernest from ripping apart the house. Well, I mean, that gets in the way of comedy. Well, yeah, but I'm just trying to make it it's make sense a, to my brain. Right. He's a podcast. <laughs> he's a pushover. <laughs> See, this just goes back to, like, their childhood. Like, you could really unpack this, but I still think that Ernest was the little neighbor boy, and maybe he had some kind of unfortunate things happening, and he just kind of let, just humored Ernest. And now it's continued for way too long. Right. Interesting. That's okay. what I so see. is like it. 70. 75. This is this is my Ernest headcanon. Oh god. <laughs> I've been Wel- welcome Elisa. Uh, <laughs> I think Ernest You are I now think... a part of the tribe. Oh no. But um, Ernest goes out to get wire cutters. Sorry. Ernest goes out to get wire cutters and he finds Ernest is locking all the doors. Yeah. <laughs> In the back of his pickup, um, <laughs> Ernest finds Santa's red sack. And then for, I guess he just has the impulse to peek in. I mean, curiosity, man. It's just like Jim Barney looking directly at a very bright light yeah, that they like, put in like a bag. There's like a 4K inside this bag. <laughs> yeah. He looks directly at it. I'm like, Jim Barney, be careful. And it's filled with children's laughter. There's like a weird sound of sparkles. It's like magic and like, sounds. And then Ernest goes, it's him. And is like, geez, we got to get this back to him. Yeah, immediately. He's on the case. Him and Harmony hop in the truck. They're driving down back to the Children's Museum. Harmony is playing her role as the cynic to Ernest. Uh, she's the, the scully to his molder. You know, asking the questions that I think the audience would, which is, how can Santa do this? Like, blah, blah, blah. And sure, you got to explain Ernest, it. Ernest is explaining, you know, count for the uh, the time zones and divided by the Tropic of Cancer. Carry, carry the, the one, one. and <laughs> which is one of my favorite math jokes that Ernest does and what's funny is that like I think the basis of his explanation like kind of makes sense actually Santa later in the movie gives an explanation that's very similar and it's like okay like this sure. is possible like Ernest is 90% of the way there <laughs> he as is on off- point as often. he just he has the essential truths down. He just says it in a little bit of a weird way. Ernest and Harmony get to the Children's Museum. Uh, it's, closed. it's closed. Ernest makes some amazing faces, pushing his face up against the glass of the window. Um, I got the sack. It's safe. I immediately thought of you and also the Tumblr pretty girls making ugly faces. Oh, yeah. Because he is your pretty girl making ugly faces. Oh, yeah, I suppose he is. Right? Um, I never thought of it that way. So... <laughs> I mean, because every time we talk about this podcast, other people, and we bring up your... Um, My affection for the Sure, the that's putting, putting it politely. People are like, really? How could that guy be attractive? But like, he is an attractive man. It's of just he's making, he's making insane making face. faces. Yeah. <laughs> go, yeah, go look at Aaron's Twitter feed. Or... No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> you Well, let's ask... Look, let's ask the other woman here. Yeah. Elisa. Oh, come on! But, I mean, he has an elastic face. He makes these crazy faces, but his default... He's kind of smoldery and he, like he all he yeah, kind of has like oh I mean he it's a he's like exaggerated but he yeah, I, he's I like, get so it. he's hot you're saying yeah absolutely okay there we go <laughs> <laughs> this is is this up for debate on this podcast you know you th- not on this podcast but in like the larger in, scheme but of things yeah him smushing his face against the window is not Jim Varney that's Ernest that he's acting no kidding <laughs> guys guys it's a role. <laughs> Yeah, so he's a pretty girl making ugly faces. Correct. Exactly. I'm so glad I brought this up. And um, <laughs> so there, he's kind of dejected. So him and Harmony continue their conversation. They kind of go aside to this little bench. This is great too. And Jeez, he great. he starts. It really is. He starts uh, explaining to her like about the bag and like how to get things out of it, trying to demonstrate it to her and being like, "Hey, isn't this what you wanted?" And pulls out like every sort of weird, tacky, kitschy, earnest prop. Plus flamingo. I love the flamingos. This flamingos my, are omnipresent. 
in the Ernest universe. What I love about this scene. Yes. He opens it up. The light, they both look directly into an Omni light. He sticks his arm all the way in and makes like alarm sounds. She's cringing and covering her eyes. And I related to this so much because this would be me. He pulls out this big glowing ball yeah. that looks like a radioactive thing. And she goes, this is my favorite harmony line. She goes, see, I told you, now you're nuked, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have to she say. She sounds so upset. They are selling the crap out oh, of yeah. all of these insane lines. I believe it. She's all right. so genuinely disturbed by what she's yeah. seen. Like, yeah. no, Ernest. Like, yes, Ernest was nuked. That's exactly what I would think, too. But he's like, no, 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 it's cool. And then it turns into a flamingo. It does. Because of course it does. And then it's just a, a montage of Ernest pulling out random tacky objects and making hilarious faces with them like the Nutcracker, which is my favorite. Yeah, he's trying to pull out what he thinks Harmony wants for Christmas. But it's what he wants for Christmas. Is it? This I was mean, a question Ernest, I had. Ernest is into it, tacky objects. It, tacky objects. And we see that later at his house. But then she pulls things out and they're also tacky objects. Well, Maybe no, they, she pulls out a lot of kids' toys. So, Which kind of implies that she is trying to to be an adult she's when stifling she actually, her inner child she's actually rejecting oh. her childhood guys this movie's so deep yeah <laughs> much like sam sack <laughs> <laughs> so we we leave Ernest and harmony for the moment and we cut back to santa who is now being finally put into a jail cell finally well i mean after about we, time well i mean there's just been like a lot of lead up he got fingerprinted he got interviewed mm, he really got draw that shot. out yeah and then Santa's in jail, and he's with a bunch of very stereotypical-looking convicts. But you know he's going to win them over. Oh, he's Santa. He's, he's Santa Claus. He is the Claus, man. I love that, actually, Ernest calls Santa his big red oneness. He does, yes. <laughs> he's got a lot of great names for Santa. He does it. And I, I notice that he varies it up to, like, Father Christmas. Yep. Father Christmas is, like, a British thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, um, he's kind of being inclusive. It's also, like, Ernest's, like, incessant need to be as flowery and erudite as possible. Well, he can't say it's the like same thing every, twice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, thesaurus entry we gotta use them all yeah i love that about Ernest. maybe he read a thesaurus and he's his memory is not he memorized the memorized it just like the penny saver he still remembered a lot of words better than i would if i read a thesaurus oh, sure. once over he also calls himself a noted philanthropic yes even i noted philanthropic that i am couldn't pull the right stuff out of that sack so he says he has to return the sack to santa his big red one this correct we also, by the way, still see Chuck and Bobby dealing with the, the Latvian goats. Oh my yes. gosh. It's a great use of Chuck and Bobby. Oh yeah. And it's a really, it's a really cool sequence. They actually, it's like shot really well. It's like as it progresses with the, the reindeer and they're like flying on the ceiling. It's very disorienting. I really enjoy actually how they pull that off. Well, it's a really like low budget way to show a reindeer yeah. flying. There's just a, re- a shot that's been reversed. They're on like... the ceiling. I know it's so clever. But I it's... really enjoy these sequences. Yeah, it's very smart. I, I feel like maybe some of it was also kind of working around the problems that they had with the reindeer's antler molting. You definitely see that later, where like they they pan by a shot of the reindeer, right? And they just don't show the antlers at all until like the last. Oh, two. I didn't was even it, pick up on that. Was a problem during? The oh yeah, it was shooting? like molting season. I don't. I don't know this. Anyway. The next morning, at Ernest's insane Pee Wee Herman-like house. The, uh, man, how long do we have? We, <laughs> Ernest's house. Yes. First of all, tell me, what what is 10,000 RPM? And why is it everywhere? It's something to do with cars, I assume. Okay. That's his race, mm. his race oh, car history. Yeah. That's possible. Okay. Pardon the New York sounds. He also has a bunch of Polaroids all over his living room. Did you see that? No. They just look like family Polaroids. It's really weird. They're like random candidates of random people right and we we just pan over harmony sleeping but the way that she wakes up is because 
Ernest is flipping pancakes. Because pancakes land next to her. Yep. And again, the perfect insertion of add Ernest into oh, yeah. a real world situation because Ernest is making pancakes on parade for breakfast. But it's oh, yeah. not just a direct repeat of the gag. It's used in the scene. It's like the perfect movie if you're a fan of Ad Ernest, I think. Yep. And he's, he's you know, trying to get her all gung-ho to go out and continue the search for Santa. And she's basically like, hey, Ernest, can you keep it down to a dull roar? Yeah. She acts like she's hungover in this scene. <laughs> she, she does, <laughs> she does a little bit. Ernest all night. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like we've talked about how Ad Ernest is kind of like, you know, if you had a neighbor like that, wouldn't you love to slam the window on his hands? She also kind of says things to him that like as an audience, you're like, yeah, if I was hanging out with this guy, I'd probably say that. Yeah. I, I don't so much relate to Vern, but I do relate to Harmony and her responses to Ernest. Oh, yeah. Because they are responses. And so you're saying that we are all Vern and we, we are, are all, all Ernest? Harmony. Oh. Wait, the harmony of Ernest no! and Vern? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, so... It's too deep, guys. I know. Pancakes on parade. So he's doing the pancakes thing. He's, he's he get, calls he, Santa his frostiness. He does. He's explaining a theory about how Santa got into his house as a child, this even is, though he didn't have a chimney. This is really sweet because he says, when I see his frostiness, I'm going to ask him how he got into my house. And then she goes like, very indulgently, like, well, I suppose you have a theory on it. Yeah. Like, she knows him already. They just yep. met. Yeah. But she gets him. Yep. His theory is that Santa got into the forced heating system because they didn't have a chimney. Right. And I pictured him wandering around in there trying to find a way out and finally turning himself into sort of this big blob and oozing through the vent covers. Sure. He T-1000'd it <laughs> before that was even a thing. And he makes these, like, smushing, he smushes his lips vertically. Yeah. And this is where Harmony just says, You're a sick man, Ernest. But he completely ignores that. He's like, Oh, yeah. He says they have to find the claws. A nice button to this scene is basically they come to a resolution of their conversation. And another... He says we got to fuel up and we got to get out there after we eat. And the return of yet another Ernest Mainstay, he puts his hands on the griddle. You know, Dave, yep. when I watched this Aaron. movie, I did not notice that he did that because I was laughing too hard at the face he makes <laughs> when he hands Harmony the pancakes. Oh, and He's they the most, land. He holds out the plate, the pancakes land on him, and then he hands the plate to her with the most satisfied expression on his face. Because he nailed it, man. <laughs> he totally he deserved, he earned. It. He earned that facial expression. It's one of the funniest earnest faces I've ever seen. And she smiles, and then he immediately, because he's so proud of himself, puts his hands right down. And you hear a loud This made my mother laugh for about five minutes. <laughs> because his reaction, again, is that I'm not going to show pain. Yep. He pulls it off, he goes, oh. And he so very daintily like starts smearing butter on his hands because they, there's a gigantic bowl of butter on the yeah. table gigantic, for no reason. Like a bucket of butter. <laughs> and he's just like, I love lots of butter with mine. And he does that kind of thing at the end. But I love how daintily he reacts to pain. Yeah. Ernest, sometimes his mannerisms get very dainty. Sure. And the contrast with the fact that he's less like a, a very everyman looking fellow clad in denim right. and a khaki hat really works with the, the more like genteel mannerisms sure. he puts on. He's got like a little flourishiness to him. Mm -hmm. I realized we did forget one thing where Joe was. Uh -huh. It's actually a meeting that he has with this director, oh, the director. of the, the film kid. who we kind of... Oh, poor man, Judge Kevin. Reinhold. Ju Judge Reinhold, Dave Coulier mashup. But they have a meeting at Diamond World Pictures. where oh, Diamond World Pictures. Where I, was, I spent so much time trying to read the posters on the wall me the, too the only one i could make out was space commies from hell yep that's a jim varney joke and i was just like this For is sure. a kid's movie 
the, in interviews. Oh, yeah. That would be one of the joke titles he gives for like the upcoming Ernest movies. It'd oh, be that's like funny. Ernest and the Space Commies from Hell. Jeez. And I guess that, that must have <laughs> just been a, a joke around the Ernest Brain Trust. It does set up really well the Christmas sleigh gag. It does. Which we'll come to later. Joe feels a little bit uneasy about the thing, but of course, uh, Big Deals is, uh, is on. Big Deals on the way. Yeah. Anyway, back to uh, Santa in prison. Of course. <laughs> which is a sentence that I say often. Um, Slammer. As Aaron pointed out, Santa does, in fact, win over the convicts. And, um, yeah, he gets them to make a little choir and they sing. Which I always laugh really loudly when the hands come out and like applaud <laughs> at the so end. It's so cute. <laughs> Such a cute little visual gag. Um, so Santa has essentially rallied all of the prisoners in this uh, jail cell together to sing Christmas carols. Ernest and Harmony arrive back at the Children's Museum, and Ernest is looking for Santa and goes to uh, Mary Morrison and is like, hey, where's that guy that was here yesterday? This is a weird scene. It is. And she's like, which guy? And he's like, Santa Claus. Why is he embarrassed to say Santa Claus in front of a bunch of children? I think it's almost like he like he doesn't want to come off as crazy. Do you know what I mean? Oh, maybe. Like he's like, yeah. oh, no one's gonna believe me if I say Santa Claus. Like I'm not used to that level of re- reasonability from Ernest. <laughs> from Ernest. Sure, no, that's fair. Um, but so finally, Ernest has to just come out and be like, I'm looking for Santa Claus, and all the kids laugh. And he whirls around on them. Yes, he does. Like an antagonist. He whirls around on them. <laughs> <laughs> And he he's gets like, right in those little kids' up. faces. Yeah. He, and Jim Varney has somehow burst a tiny little blood vessel Ouch. in his eye in this scene as he like gets really inches away from this little girl <laughs> who I'm, doesn't look frightened at all. No. But that would disturb me as a I child. I mean, fifth graders like, think happens? they know everything. <laughs> so uh, Mary Morrison realizes who, San- who uh, Ernest is talking about and tells uh, Ernest that Santa's in jail. And mm-hmm. Ernest reacts in the way that you would assume Ernest does. Well, he has, he has a reaction where he just goes, uh, for like two seconds. Yep. Which it, to me, in that time, he formulated the entire plan of Aster Clement. It is like, where do I have the suit? Where am I getting the bow tie? Well, How am I going to play this? Why don't you explain what the plan is, Aaron? This is where we get, we Actor have finally Ernest. arrived at Actor yep. Ernest. He runs into Harmony, who is trying to take out a million dollars in small unmarked bills out of the sack. No, no, no. She was, she was just protecting it. She was watching it. Sure. Ernest runs up and is like, we got to bust Santa. And he asks if vagrancy is a capital crime based on our discussion so far that is a completely reasonable question (laughs) Ernest rolls up to the police station we get this weird little brief setup where like the police chief and his like sidekick are like they're like oh the governor somebody's from the governor's office oh no yeah it is revealed to be Ernest and Harmony um, pulling a major ruse. Oh, yeah. Completely costumed. Ernest is wearing a suit with like a pocket square. And a bow tie. He's got a bow tie. His hair is slicked back. He's got glasses. Yep. Harmony is in like a Catholic schoolgirl outfit that I don't know where they got. And she's got a little binder, I think, or a little notebook. Yeah, she's because she's writing, she's she's taking notes for her. How government really works. Clement here, Aster Clement. I'm with the Governor's State Correctional Institutional Prison Affair Treatment Task Force. And this is the governor's niece, Mendy. Uh, I I don't even know how to start talking about this scene. But when people say that Ernest is dumb, particularly in this movie, this is the smartest Ernest has ever been. Oh, yeah. He convinces them that he's an aide from the governor's office. And that he fought through a bunch of TV news reporters to get into there. Putting the pressure on the cops to not, like, make a scene here and let them in. Does anyone ever check on acting Ernest's falsehoods? 
It he's seems got, he's got psychic paper, guys. By the way, I have a theory about Ernest being the doctor. Because <laughs> oh um, he keeps talking well, about Christmas doctor, on this planet. Yeah, as Doctor Who nerds, this is a very Doctor Who scene, actually, impersonating someone to get in, but more over the top. But it felt like that. He has psychic paper. He does. Well, Ernest's mo when he plays people is basically just to put people in a really uncomfortable position. Oh yeah, he's great. Immediately, at it. yeah, he knows that they'll back down if they're uncomfortable. Right. Which is really perceptive on his part. I mean, I think Ernest is used to making people uncomfortable, particularly he knows Vern. He can use so it. So he's like, oh, wait, I can advantage. finally use these powers for good. <laughs> and Ernest as Aster is amazing. Oh, yeah. He's, is it Jim Varney acting? or is it, it's, But it's not. It's Ernest it's, acting. It's Jim Varney as Ernest as acting. Aster Clement. But he's so a great deep. actor. Oh, yeah. His posture totally changes when he's Aster Clement. He stands so straight. He keeps doing that laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he inhabits. I feel like oh, yeah. Ernest... Ernest doesn't act. He just becomes another person. Sure. And so the chief, uh, Chief Spinks, um, or Spinks, we don't know. No, has no choice but to let them in. Yeah. They he want to so face he... the ridicule of those TV cameras. That's right. Are we communicating TV yeah. cameras? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, they take Ernest and uh, Harmony into the jail cell where Santa is. Immediately, Ernest kind of like starts seizing upon Santa's presence. And he's like, who's the old man? He makes a big show of noticing Santa. Yeah, he does. Like, who, who is, he... Who's that? He telegraphs it really well. <laughs> I love Aster Clement. I love that Ernest is doing such a good job playing him. Well, I think the acting that he's doing here is, I, I feel like it is kind of Harmony's influence on him where she, I feel like this is something she would pull. Like the two of them would pull different parts of this, but together they're, they're able they're, to yeah, pull their Santa powers out of, combined yep, are absolutely. like matchless. They're yeah. really, this is where I think they're are most in harmony. They're oh, yeah. like in sync. They react the same way. They look, they have double takes to each other yeah. at the same time. Yep. They're completely on the same wavelength. It's like, oh, Ernest just needs a partner in crime. Yeah. He, I'm kind of bummed that like they never continued I know. that. They're really good together. Absolutely. Like it's a weird relationship that you would you wouldn't think it would work. Right. But it really does work. She's like, because if we're talking about the doctor, she's his companion. Oh, totally. Oh man. That's what's happening. What is happening here. right now, guys? Good <laughs> grief. Oh my god. All right, so I know, and this will get this will come full circle by the end. I have so much to talk about later. So Ernest points out Santa and is like, hey, who's this guy? And Santa's like, well, I'm Santa. And then he's like, I'm sorry. Did you just say you're Santa? And then the other prisoners kind of start sticking up for him. And Ernest is like, infectious insanity is happening. This man thinks he is Santa Claus and you keep him in a cell with regular, ordinary, everyday, harmless criminals. I love it's the inverse of what you think he's going to say. And I was just like, so Santa is the dangerous one then? Yeah. I mean, clearly he has the infectious insanity. Yeah. Ernest plays this so well. Oh, yeah. He immediately seizes on this and he's like, well, you guys really screwed up. Yeah. Can you, is uh, this he, the way government really works? He tells Harmony, are you getting this? And she says her uncle will be shocked. And Ernest just goes, oh, don't tell him. The governor would make a throw rug out of this man's chest hair. Covering all his bases. Oh, yeah. So Ernest says that he's taking Santa to the padded party room. Right. They walk out of the jail with Santa. Harmony asks if they can still get ice cream. And he's like, of course. Of course, my dear. None for him, I though. I love that his the way he plays Aster is to dote on Mandy. Yeah. Aster dotes on Mandy. Oh, yeah. Mandy has Aster wrapped around her finger. They're on the same wavelength. So they get Santa out of jail. Um, and they- the ruse just drops yeah they they i feel like they don't go far enough away before being like yes we did it it's as realistic as, as booking him <laughs> in the first place that they can just walk out of the place which they do oh, yeah. it's great because the next time you see Ernest as they're running out and Ernest is so happy that he pulled this off the glasses are off right yep so it's this really weird in between between Aster and Ernest yep he doesn't have the glasses on and his collared shirt is open so that you see the gray, the t-shirt, gray t-shirt underneath like he's yep. superman like <laughs> 
<laughs> his, his superhero costume of the gray t-shirt right. was under there. And Ernest is like fanboying over Santa. And, yeah. and Harmony is so excited. She goes, they bought it. Yeah. She's like, what a team. It's yep. like, yeah, you guys are a great team, actually. But she still doesn't believe that Santa is Santa. She was happy to pull a scam, but yep. yeah. Santa immediately picks up on this and he's like, oh, well, she's been this way ever since I brought her a doll instead of a baseball mitt. Well, why did he do that? That's a really good question. Okay. I mean, he's slipping. That's the that's the issue. He's <laughs> been doing this too long. Since the 1800s or whatever. This could have all been avoided if you got rid of that baseball net. Absolutely. So Harmony, Ernest, and Santa hop in the pickup, and they're, they're on their By way. By the way, Jim Varney looks good in that scene. Uh, Just saying. Very good. He's got, yes. <laughs> she agrees. I am now outnumbered. She agrees. They hop in the pickup truck. Uh, Santa continues to give very practical, reasonable explanations for how his magic works. Sure, why not? Which I'm totally on board for. They're like, okay, well, how do we find Joe? Well, maybe we can find Joe's agent. So they <laughs> oh, go God, to immediately again. They go to the talent agency, and we immediately get acting Ernest character number two. There's three Ernest characters yep. in this. This is a great Ernest movie. Everything you could possibly want. Uh, and this is the first film appearance of Auntie Nalda. It is. We cut to the outside of Superior Talent Incorporated, which is, uh, I guess, where Marty Brock works. This uh, is one of the best. Things. I don't know how he got hired there. Ernest, as Auntie Nelda, starts walking up to the building and says, These steps might as well be Mount Everest. What I love about this is that he is getting himself in character as he approaches mm -hmm. the roots. He's not talking to anyone. Nope. But he's already Auntie Nelda <laughs> as he approaches the building. Correct. He's a method actor. Auntie Nelda is my favorite of Ernest's like acting characters. It took her a while to grow on me, I think just because the sexy factor was removed in terms of the... Sure, I but... get that. She has grown on me, yeah. Auntie Nelda is basically like a guilt-tripping relative. and in, Again, he puts them in an uncomfortable situation that the person just wants to remove themselves from. Mm. And in this context, instead of being like Ernest's relative, he's he's posturing as Marty Brock's mom, who <laughs> just got in and has, um, has, <laughs> has essentially walked all the way from the airport. <laughs> she, she says something. Oh, she... She Auntie, says, I need Auntie him Nelda to help him. says, I need him to help me with my will. Having walked from the airport, I'll be dead soon. The poor secretary is so uncomfortable. Yes, she's like flabbergasting. And she's like trying to like make explanations. And he's like, don't help him, honey. There's no future in Just it. Just tell me where he is. Like, where is Martin? Again, he knows that if he just badgers this woman, right. she will, to get rid of him, she'll give him what he wants. So they find out that Marty and Joe are at Diamond World Pictures. Of course they are. It's where er all the magic happens. Ernest leaves the building of Superior Talent Incorporated. And like Harmony and Santa are having this conversation where like, Harmony says that she's like 22, and right. she, but Santa knows that she's run away from her parents. Yep. Harmony's like playing this off like, okay, well, whatever. And then she sees Ernest walk out of the talent agency, right? Dressed as Auntie Dressed Nelda. Dressed as Auntie Nelda. This stuck out to me so much. She sees him off in the corner of her eye. She smiles fondly. Yep. Fondly at the sight of Ernest walking out dressed as an old woman in a neck brace. Well, then it gets weirder because this is now Jim Varney playing Ernest Dressed as Auntie Nelda, yeah. and says something like, victory is in our grasp. Yeah, and he makes this really dramatic. And then he says they're moving on to plan B, but he holds up two fingers. Yes. And Harmony's like, all right, another scam. Because yep. this is her favorite part. Correct. So now they have to get into Diamond World Pictures. And Ernest gets into costume as, what is the snake character called? Well, I call him Lloyd because that's his name in the Worrell family album, which we'll get to. Right. Who just is almost unintelligible. <laughs> and it's, it's just a really funny routine that Jim 
Marty does. Ernest is on point in this movie. He's doing great. Right. He's doing great. So Ernest is getting into character as Lloyd, the snake farmer. They leave Harmony at Ernest's house with the sack. Ernest takes his hat off. He switches the hats out. Oh, does he? Like, he takes takes off the khaki hat and he puts on the snake farmer hat. They roll off to Diamond World Pictures con a uh, security guard into letting them in because this time Ernest is like all right Ernest makes the security guard thinks that a bunch of snakes will kill him yeah well I mean they are poisonous looking for horror movie folks to deliver snakes to and he has Santa Claus under a sheet under like a tarp with some hoses and a rattle and a rattle making rattle sounds (laughs) I don't know what the hoses are for just to the, make to Santa be, to snake be the shapes. snakes. Yeah, but yeah. if you see it, it's obviously not a snake. So <laughs> it's really clearly just for Santa's benefit. For, it's, it's for the it's for the appearance of it underneath the sheet. No, because Santa's on top of it. <laughs> it makes tube sounds. It I makes very little sense. <laughs> but like maybe he just happened maybe he to just have had it. A hose. Just Santa was improvising. It's it's so great because the security guard's like, "Well, I, I got to look under the sheet," and he's like, "No, careful." They'll not up on you. And then he implies that he gave a snake to his son last year and the snake killed him. Yes, that does happen. (laughs) And then he starts singing this song. Which you say is from the Family album, which I've never seen. I don't don't know what what the song is. Somebody will have to clue us in on that. I'm sure we'll get to that too. At which point the guard becomes so uncomfortable. He's reached his limits. Like, all right, just go. Please leave. So they get into the movie. Ernest is like, did it. They get into the movie lot of Diamond World Pictures. It's very, it feels very Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Santa gets out of the truck and starts going in to find Joe. Stops to check out like some dancers that walk sure, by. Sure, why not? And it's like, all right, At Santa, the end of the day, he's just a dude. Keep it in the pants, Claus. I mean, Santa's, a re- <laughs> Santa's just a guy. Santa's just sack. a guy. At the end of the day, uh, it's all about a dude trying to get laid. <laughs> that's not what this movie's about. Uh, but after, uh, Or is it? <laughs> oh, or is it? <laughs> Oh my god, wait. <laughs> You're totally right. Yeah. Oh. It was really like Joe wasn't even on the list. He was just using Joe to get it's to like, the how do I meet this Mary Morrison museum. person? <laughs> it's oh the long man. the long con. That's such a long con. That's that's the Santa con. I'm Santa Claus. But anyway, um he checks out some dancers and then meets a guy dressed as Santa. Yeah, it's a cute and, little moment. And there's moment. like a little moment, yeah. And then he goes in to where Joe is doing his screen test, his very professional screen test for Christmas sleigh. Which is weird. It's a screen test on like a completed set with like sure, why the not? monster. Sure, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Christmas sleigh, which we find out is uh, S-L-A-Y. He points a gun at a, a swamp monster that bursts into a cabin. It kind of just looks like they took the creature from the Black Lagoon and just like hucked a bunch of like wires onto it. It looks terrible. I don't know what this means, Dave, but when the swamp monster burst into the cabin, my mother went, that's Vern. What? Yeah. Your mom she, figured it out. Maybe she figured it out. Moving right along. <laughs> well, um, she's related to me. I actually really enjoy this Christmas sleigh scene. It also kind of like illustrates people who are very like shallow and fake versus people who are very genuine. Good nature versus cynical thing that's also present in Ernest and Harmony's Yeah, relationship. they're putting a cynical spin on Christmas and yeah. Santa is not down with that at all. Correct. To the extent that he punches the director in the face. Sure. 
And Joe also has uh, trouble cursing in front of kids. Yeah. The director, Dave Coulier Reinhold, is like, it's nothing they haven't heard before. Jane Spader in there, too. I can see that. So so the director's (laughs) like, it's nothing they haven't heard before. We swear at these kids all the time. They're up to their ears and swears. (laughs) And Joe is like, they haven't heard it from me. Which is really nice. Um, He's right. He's right. We haven't checked in with uh, Chuck and Bobby in a while. Oh, God. They have received this shipment of reindeer. Weird stuff is happening. The reindeer are on the ceiling. At this point, they've sussed out that these are reindeer. Right. And now they're just they're, waiting for somebody to- They are not to, Latvian goats. They're just waiting for somebody to pick them up. They call animal control. And this is the appearance of, I really should have discussed this actress, Jackie Welch, mm. is one of the animal control people. Right. She was in Ernest Goes to Camp, and I feel terrible that I didn't mention her because she is like an Ernest- uh, A regular. Yeah. Ernest, uh, we see her a lot, and I players. always appreciate- her presence sure there's not a lot of female presence oh yeah in these movies no i actually really like that like ernest's like partner in this movie is a girl i think it's nice to have a girl yeah. main character so it's nice it's always nice to see jackie welsh and she's always like playing some different character much like chuck and or bobby right this time she's an animal control person the other animal control person is daniel butler aka eddie from the really? first movie i I don't think I would have recognized him without his whatever he was doing in that first movie. <laughs> yes, yes. A blend of seasonings. These two actors show up as animal control people. They're so Chuck great. catches They're like, a little bit of an attitude with them. I don't know I what that's all Chuck about. I love Chuck because... Because Chuck, he's very pleased that he has figured it out. I actually love the way Chuck plays this. Really? Because now it's just part of his universe. And now he's enjoying other people coming in and reacting to the weirdness. You mean kind of like us and Elisa? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Because they come and they're like, where is it? And he's just like, he's pleased that he gets to like weird somebody out. I really like it because he's like, yeah, I'm cool with this. Are you cool with this? They are not cool with it. Right. I love the way Jackie Welch is like, oh, flying reindeer. Um... That's not our That's department. That's not us. Yeah. You need air, air traffic, traffic control. control. And then they, they sort of walk run out. I love the way and Chuck Bobby's play, like, played in this movie. Bobby's in the background like stamping things really. <laughs> sure. Why not? You might have you might have made a compelling argument for that scene. I, I I get where you're coming from. Back at Diamond World Pictures, Joe, again, like Harmony was earlier, is asking the questions that make sense to ask. Joe says something like, oh, how many children are there in the world anyway? Like, this is impossible. And Santa's like, oh, well, there's 1,789,635,142. I think the other thing I like about this Joe and Santa scene is that they do, like, a really nice job. Santa gives him a really good speech about how he has to pass the torch on because the magic fades. Right. And he should have done it sooner, but he loved it so much. Oh, yeah. But now you see Joe kind of start to come around a little bit. It's like now that Santa's got him, Mm -hmm. he's he's got his full attention. It's like, all right, this is going to be the make or break speech. Lays it down. Yeah, which is is great. Ernest is still the snake farmer sure. and is uh, <laughs> someone comes out with a, a couple of buckets of snakes and is like, you the snake guy? It's a bucket of snakes with water. Yeah. Which I'm just like, what? Water. Well, they're, I don't. they're horror movie folk. They're, they're like, horror. They don't even know. They don't know what they're doing. I know a little bit about snake husbandry and you don't store snakes <laughs> in a bucket of water. And you don't dump them into a random guy's truck either. And then Ernest immediately dumps the snakes into like some field yeah. in the middle yeah, of nowhere. I mean, it is yeah. nice that Ernest <laughs> does take the time to go and free the snakes. The yes. hard cut of Ernest tossing snakes out of the back of his truck <laughs> was very amusing. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> because you don't, there's no comment on it. Santa right. is just talking about how he's arranged to meet Joe at the Children's Museum and he's so happy. Santa's been having a hard time this whole movie. Oh, yeah. But this is the first bit of... Well, this Success. Is the, yeah. He says, he says, I feel as light as a feather. Like, he's so relieved. Oh, is that is that a foreshadowing thing? Oh, my God. 
Because while that's going oh on, oh my god! While that's going on, Harmony's back at Ernest's house, still <laughs> trying to pull expensive stuff out of Santa's sack, so to speak. All, she just keeps producing like kid stuff, and it's not working. Yeah, yeah. So Santa and Ernest get back to the house and meet up with her again. Ernest is smart in this movie. Oh yeah, because they say, "Hey, we're gonna go meet Joe." They're there to pick up the sack, and then she leaves the room, and Ernest immediately tells Santa, "Well, you better check out your sack. You better." Ch- yeah, he says. Call it a fifth sense. Call it a, call it a flash of intermission. Let's call it a, a flash of intermission. But I've just got this feeling deep down in the heart of my bottom. Again, he's totally right. She doesn't tend to steal it, and we know this. Right. But poor Ernest gets a bird because, like, Santa looks in the bag, and the children are still trapped in there. You hear their <laughs> laughter, and Santa's like, Trust people. It's like, oh, Ernest trusts people. Well, it's like Ernest was right. Ernest has been burned by trusting people. Yeah. If even Santa can't see that, he must be slipping. Oh, yeah. But I do love that Ernest knows this about Harmony and is not angry at her. He's just, he just knows it. Right. So then when Harmony comes back, they say, okay, we're going to go meet Joe. Right. Ernest is like, hey, throw this sack in the back of the pickup. As a, as a gesture of trust. Yeah. That's what it is, though. Yeah, it's tough. To reestablish that he does trust her. He's like, can you put this in the pickup? Yep. And that's when she switches it. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. And Harmony heads for the train station with Santa's sack while Ernest and Santa Claus go to meet Joe. Mm. Immediately, Santa knows that like something's not right with his sack. <laughs> uh, Without and, even going to the doctor. And, and, <laughs> oh, and uh, he starts he starts uh, like feeling the weight of it, I guess. And uh, <laughs> well, so, The doctor would... I'm just, look, I'm just saying. So Santa gets to Joe's house and Ernest drops him off. And then Ernest heads off to get the reindeer from the airport. And to pick up the elves who are arriving. That's true Good also. Grief. This is Ernest's job. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to go get the reindeer and then and your elves. Yep, and he does elves. it. he does it in a very like wink, wink, like this is my spy mission. So Ernest takes off to do that. Santa is at Joe's house and Joe walks out and he's shaved. Joe is like sort of he's his his faith is slipping. He's made yeah. He's yeah. thanks but no thanks. Mm-hmm. So he's shaved his beard. He's dyed his hair. That's he looks, his answer. He looks as little like Santa as he ever does in this movie. And Santa is like, "Well, I got this sack." And Joe's like, "It's just feathers." And Santa's I like, "I know it's feathers." <laughs> Poor Santa. Yeah, this was the, I, this is Santa's lowest moment. Oh yeah, and he's so down. Is that a feather joke? <laughs> no, David. <laughs> No, it's so. Not. So Santa, Santa's dejected. He's failed to convince Joe. Joe's made up his mind. But he turns back one last time, and he's like, "Joe, think about it, though." Like, yeah, he's, look in your heart. He's like, "If I wish there was something I could do to convince you," and Joe's like, "Well, I haven't seen me it too, yet." Me too, actually. He's like, yeah. "He's like, yeah, me too, actually. That'd be great." Yeah. So at this point, Santa, the commercial character, has gotten to the lowest point. Oh man. They're both commercial characters. They are. Uh, so cut to the airport. Customs line again. Oh, oh boy. The helper elves show up, and they are actually literally dressed as uh, the a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle disguises. <laughs> yeah, the, the trench coats, coats and, and the fedoras. Um, <laughs> they pull out their passports. Sure. And I have many questions about these okay. passports. The signatures of their names are Pyramus and Thisbe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry? And Pyramus and Thisbe are um, doomed lovers from, like... Roman poetry. Oh dear God, deep. It's so <laughs> deep. That, this movie is so it's, deep. I was trying to figure out if a popka from a popka snake ranch was an anagram of something. I thought about that too. <laughs> I also couldn't figure out meaning in that. I tried. <laughs> yeah. Well, popka is actually like somebody's high school on, okay. on the crew. Okay. Yeah. But um, but Pyramus and Thisbe, like doomed lovers. So like basically what Romeo and Juliet is based on. Oh good. 
Man, I hope they say elves. My notes just say, I'm sorry, are these elves lovers? And then <laughs> and then a whole bunch of question marks. And, I but mean, then, I think we can safely say yes. But then more than that, and I don't know if this is a mistake by the prop department, but both of the passports say male? <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a mistake. One of the actors of the, the two elves is definitely a woman because she's the woman. She looks like a woman. She looks like a woman, and she's also the woman who played Chewbacca's son in the Star Wars oh, holiday man. special. This Whoa, poor this woman. Christmas movies all Lumpy. around. Yep. Wow. They got to cut her some slack, man. <laughs> well, I love these two. They're they're great. I do. So Pyramus and Thisbe, the helper elms. Arrive at the airport. They arrive at the airport. Ernest shows up in a rider truck, which also feels like it was some product placement. Where'd he get it? He, okay. he rented it from the airport where you have car rental places. <laughs> sure. Because he intends to put reindeer in it. Sure. Thought ahead. This is where he rushes to pick up the reindeer. He runs in and there are reindeer all over the ceiling. Yep. And he goes... Hey, the sleigh's down here. <laughs> Chuck is very appropriately like, is your name Elms? Ernest and the other Ernests are meeting. We haven't seen them together at all. And then finally their worlds collide. That's true. Yes. Dave. The story points We've... are starting to converge. Yeah. Chuck is like, is your name Elms? And mm-hmm. Ernest is like, no, no Ernest. Ernest. And it's just weird to hear Ernest like say his own name so like offhandedly without mm-hmm. being like Ernest P. Worrell, champion Whatever. of humanity or yeah. something, you know? He's, he's like, very real. In he's a guy. Scene. Yeah. Well, he gets really down to earth with them. He's like, look, guys, like, I know this is weird, but just bear with me here. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Yep. And it's great because the meeting is I'm finally... pretty sure that's the point where Chuck like swallows his toothpick or something. He's like, he's been waiting for this moment. Yeah. For somebody Somehow to... I knew that was going to come up. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's such a beautiful meeting of destiny. So Ernest and the elves, the elves show up to accept the... Um, yeah, he's not going to... Chuck is like refusing to give the, the, the reindeer, reindeer over. over to Ernest, doing yep. his job. But then the elves come in and Chuck is like, do you have any ID? And in response to this, they pull their hats off and reveal their elven and go, ears. Ta-da! And Chuck's like, all right, I guess that's enough. This is a weird moment because Ernest runs out. He's like, okay, everybody on board. Will not allow us to miss our rendezvous with destiny. He like interrupts what he's saying to do a monologue. He interrupts himself. Yep. He just snaps into it like he's compelled to. Oh yeah. I feel like maybe he was an actor in a previous and then he has actor flashbacks. Right. Aw. You said this about other Ernest movies, Elisa, where sometimes it just feels like in the middle of the movie Jim Barney starts auditioning oh, yeah. for a different movie. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a fair assessment. Um, <laughs> so Ernest and the elves hop in the truck, and one of the elves says, don't blow it, Elrod. I don't yeah. understand what that means. We also get a very minor instance of inventor Ernest, where he pulls out some sort of, I don't even know what, deus ex machina electronic gate opener to get them out of the airport. And uh, a screwdriver. Just saying. Oh, man. Oh, man. What is happening? <laughs> Um, it works. So Ernest opens the gate. They're getting out of the airport. He runs over one of those severe tire damage Aww. things. See, he had the gate. He was so pleased. Like, yeah, the gate opened, but then they run right over the... What happens next? Well, meanwhile, like, Santa goes back to the children's hospital. I think he's hoping that Joe will show up anyway. And then he meets Mary, the old lady, sweet little old lady who comes out. Everyone else has Everyone families else? to go home to. Jeez. I volunteered to stay late. And I was like, oh, Oh, Mary, you have no family and you're adorable. Oh, my God. 
Wait, her name is Mary. Like Merry Christmas? Like they're going to get married. Oh, could be like that Mary too. Mary. All of it. And this then is... she sees poor Santa sitting there dejectedly. We haven't checked in in a while is, is Harmony. Because at the oh. meantime, oh, that's right. she's trying to get out of town. Which I mentioned earlier. This I love this part of, of her character. Mm. Um, where she goes to Bus Depot and tries to leave. It's like, a very movie moment. Do you have any... Is anyone ever concerned when a kid goes up and is like, give, I just want to get away from here. Like, give me a ticket to wherever. Right. And as far as she can get is Miami. Then where is she going to go? Cuba? (laughs) (laughs) She just wants to get away from her guilt. She's running from her guilt that she took the sack. Mm -hmm. And she's being guilt tripped because there's two kids, this little girl there asking about Santa Claus. Where's Santa? Where's Santa? How did Santa get? And Harmony's just sitting there like, oh, man. Yeah, she can't get away from the reminders of what she's done. And Ernest is really sad because he blew all the tires on the rider truck. And he says, like, I mess things up like always. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. Ernest is often blamed for things that are not his fault. Sure. But I think he also takes like a lot of personal responsibility for the people in his life and who he interacts oh, yeah. with. He could have not tried to save them at all. Like, oh, right. He somehow obtained a rider truck. Yeah. yeah. Who's paying for that? Not yeah. Santa with his fun time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The failure would be to not even try. I think oh, Ernest sure. would say something like that. But he thinks he ruined Christmas for everyone. He's like, my favorite time of year and I ruined it for everyone. I mean, he feels responsible. And then the elves are like, WWSD. What would Santa do? And then it's actually Ernest who has the idea of what to do. Of course he does. Yeah. He always has the idea. Sure. He's been creative this whole movie. Comes up with the ideas for everything. He made the stupid remote control that opened the gate. Right. His being so creative is a sign that he's intelligence. I would. I think you could even argue that creativity denotes intelligence. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a giant part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you're not just memorizing and regurgitating facts. He is thinking creatively. He has to think up these solutions on the fly. This is a sign of genius, you could say. <laughs> of course. It's just a misunderstood genius. Mm-hmm. The elves don't understand. Yeah, the elves at this point in the in the film kind of take on the role that Harmony had for the rest of the film. But they're meaner about they, it. They are meaner about it. They, they are not having any of Ernest's... Like, Ernest starts monologuing on the sleigh, and immediately one of them is like, oh, brother. It's not... It's a really nice monologue, too. It he is. says something about how they're going to, like, dance in the sky in the silvered wings of laughter or something lovely like that. <laughs> it's time to slip the surly bonds of Earth and dance the skies on laughter, silvered wings. Oh, brother. And they're just yeah. like, oh, brother. And it's like, hey, he came up with that. Excuse me. Yeah, the, the elves are a little bit jerky to Ernest. And, this guy um, is helping you. Like, you don't even know who he is. They often, He's trying to save Christmas. They often threaten him with death. They call him Bozo repeatedly. Yeah. Like he's a clown. Yeah. No respect. So Ernest is trying to start up the sleigh, and he's um, attempting all of the... Uh, various ways in which you can start things up like uh anchors away or may the force be with you of course they help him out one one thing we didn't talk about earlier in the cab scene was that Ernest, in talking about how much he loves christmas is like i even memorized all the names of the reindeer like donder and blister and santa's like that's blitzen you just can't get blitzen it is the last one on the list which i did the math and you know how we always talk about Ernest is 90 percent of the way there He's literally seven. Seven of the way out there. of eight reindeer is eighty-seven point five percent. Math proves our theories. Yep. So, with a little bit of prompting from the elves, Ernest starts up the sleigh and continues the now dasher, now dancer, now prancer, now vixen. Good thing, because this is where security notices them and is ready to blast them out of the sky. Yes, it does get a little bit. I, I had some flashbacks to like. Um, it gets Ni- nightmare, before nightmare before Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. where they're yeah. gonna blow Jack Skellington out of the sky. Correct. Oh, this is, by the way, when they pan over all the reindeer, this is where you see that most of the reindeer don't have antlers because they just show, like, the oh, faces. Oh, interesting. 
And then yeah. the last two have antlers. Ernest gets the sleigh going, and it goes, like, crazy fast. And Ernest is like, don't you worry, my little gherkin buddies. The vehicle ain't I'm been made okay that, that I can't either. drive. <laughs> ain't a vehicle made that I can't drive. Maybe he, he really, I think he really was a race car driver. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of callbacks to this. I, think I mean, so. that's the backstory for this This Ernest was definitely a race car driver. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Um, and I love the screams of the elves. Oh, yeah. They're just like, we're all going to die. Ah! <laughs> The girl scream is amazing because it's so high pitched and wonderful. You mean Thisbe? Thisbe. And that's great because they're all screaming. Ernest is trying to like pull the emergency brake and it breaks off and he's trying yeah. to like press buttons. He's screaming, his mouth is a triangle. Yep. He goes, ah, and there, there's all these hard these screams of death. And then there's a hard cut to Mary sitting quietly with Santa and she just goes, <laughs> Did you find your sack? Like, <laughs> That does happen. It's the hardest cut ever from like screams of horror to just like this tiny little conversation and this yep. weird line. So Mary Mary asks about uh, Santa's sack. Um, of course. Take from that what you will. Polite. And uh, Santa explains what happened to it and kind of goes into a little bit of backstory about Harmony. You know, he, he talks about how she's smart and quick-witted, uh, but that like, you know, she's lost some of her childhood innocence. And he says something like, I wonder if there's any of that little girl left. Um, Ernest is like Harmony in that he... Heart of a child. He's also like that, but like, yes, he's like the anti-Harmony. Like, he he did retain the heart of a child. Yeah. The people get on him for that, too. You can't win, Dave. I know. Man, this... It really does get very, like, intense and cutty at the end, because... Yeah, from, you remember back to Joe. From there, we're back to Joe. To Diamond and World Pictures. They're gonna, they're gonna make that deal. I love this scene because, again, such subtle visual Let's storytelling. Let's talk about the graph. In the background, the graphs. <laughs> Diamond <laughs> World Pictures is tanking. There's Sales and profits are both down. <laughs> it's just a zigzag going straight down, and the graph is just labeled Diamond World Pictures. <laughs> like, I, uh, this is a scene where we really get the most evidence for how terrible of an agent Marty Brock is. He, because he is sitting <laughs> silent in I think this he just meeting. didn't have any lines, but they realized that the and guy needed there? to be in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no, all right sure because he's just sitting there like he just keeps reacting non-verbally like his eyes dart around and he looks like he's gonna throw up that's true <laughs> joe asks if like they can do anything about the language and the violence and they're like it's a horror movie and the guy the stupid writer character oh yeah there's like, there's like he goes off on it yeah him. he's like you've been saying please and thank you so much do you think that's the way things really work well get with it buddy this it's is the real world, world. Which is very telling because that's immediately when, when Ernest drives by and Santa Slate. Yes. So Joe sees Ernest out the window of this office meeting. He finally realizes that Santa is real and he's like, he's him. I'm him. And then that's like the he's moment out. where he's he's changed. He's, yeah, he bolts out of there and Marty Brock is like, who's him? And he thinks that Ernest is Santa, I think. You mean he thinks that the person driving, driving the, the sleigh and passing Santa. by is Santa. Correct. Yes. Ernest gets mistaken for Santa. Yes. And so Ernest is like driving around like crazy. Yep. This is just weird. They fly through this billboard of like a guy holding flowers. Who looks a lot like Joe. Like Joe, but I think it's it's just like a weird casting thing. Yeah. But like they fly through this picture of a guy holding flowers, but then when they cut back to Ernest, he's holding real flowers. I didn't notice that. What? Yes, they turn real. That's insane. (laughs) I don't understand. 
And then we go back to Santa and Mary. This is where Harmony has been guilt-tripped enough at the train station where she's decided to return Santa's sack. I mean, her conscience gets the best of her. Sure. It's a really sweet scene because she comes over and she presents the sack to Santa, sort of, and Santa hugs her. And says, welcome back, Pamela. Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm not mad. This is a line that I did laugh at because she tearfully says, I was thinking, I got to thinking about you. And there's a long pause. She goes, and Ernest. (laughs) Yep. It's so strangely sentimental, but she's talking about Ernest. It's sweet, but it also made me laugh. I think the dialogue in this part is really strong because there's also a bit where, you know, Santa says something like, I never doubted you'd do the right thing. And she's like, really? And I said really, too, when I first watched it. And then Santa's like, well, just a little little bit bit. of doubt. And it's like, (laughs) oh, Santa, you're a real person. And when we come back to Ernest, he puts the sleigh on warp speed. He does. They go into hyperspace. (laughs) And they go into space. Okay, they go into space. Nobody moves, nobody dies. That's the most chilling line in this. It really in, is. in any Ernest movie. The weird thing, back to how I first encountered this movie, when we made our stop motion animated Doctor Who Christmas special, and of course that Christmas there was a real Doctor Who Christmas special. I had just been introduced to the oh, Ernest Christmas right. special, and in the real Doctor Who Christmas special, he, he rides r- in Santa's sleigh. He drives the sleigh too, and it looks remarkably similar. Both of them. Oh, that's really weird. Involve. A character who is not Santa in Santa's sleigh. Those scenes are really eerily similar. They are. He is the doctor. Yeah, he's oh, the doctor. God. But it's weird because where all those other times I say, oh, no, Ernest reminds me of the doctor. No, that time the doctor reminded me of Ernest. I immediately, when I saw the doctor driving the sleigh, I was like, oh, my God. It's just like Ernest saves Christmas. <laughs> yeah. What is happening? Full circle. So they're in space. Ernest can breathe. Because cartoon. Because he's Ernest. Yep. The most chilling line in the movie happens. And then one of the elves sneezes. Correct. Not Ernest's fault. They all go down. Ernest and the elves are now plummeting to the earth. Right. From space. Yep. But then we come back to Santa Mm -hmm. and Mary and Harmony. And then Joe shows up. Yeah, so one thing we haven't really said is that they're all racing for the 7 p.m. deadline. Yeah. I'm not really sure what it's about, but because it's implied... Because Santa said that the magic will die at 7 p.m. It's a very specific time, sure. but yeah, I, I get and it. And because he waited till the last minute to find a replacement. Right. But then Joe gets there, and he's like, am, am I late? Can I still have the job? Is the job still open? And Santa, again, is another person... For the right man, it is. Another person that rejected him comes back. Mm-hmm. And Santa is just really accepting oh, yeah. like, and very benevolent about it. And then the weirdest thing in the world happens. Wait, hold on a second. Which weirdest thing in the world? <laughs> because Mary. everything else I accepted. But then when this happened, I like my I shorted it. I had a little short. A little short. What what happened? Santa and Joe shake hands. Yeah. And then a little blue light thing whirls around Joe and turns him into Santa Claus. It turns oh, him into Coach his Santa. Beard grows back. Why was it a problem? They obsess over don't shave that beard, it grows back. Instantly, that doesn't bug me because He's it was, got these it weird was symbolic. Castles on his own. and then Santa's like, "Well, maybe, maybe you can't find the sleigh, but there is something you could do." It's like there's this like bummed out Canadian. I have a question about this. Yeah, Joe is like, "You said I could perform miracles. Was mm-hmm. that were you lying or was that real?" And Santa's like, "Oh no, it's real, but like." I don't know what you can do about, like, Ernest and the sleigh. Then he says the thing that you just said, where he's like, you can help out this bum Canadian guy. Well, Bob Canada is like, he's being like a mean businessman and saying, we're going to close this deal, I don't care if it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, Bob Canada really wanted it to snow in Florida for Christmas because it reminds him of home. Well, yeah. Where he presumably spends the rest of the year. (laughs) Right. Bob Canada is sentimental. (laughs) It's got to snow in Florida on Christmas and probably... I'm going to stop industry in Florida. (laughs) Like, Florida cannot deal with the snow 
thunderstorm. Florida would be at Christmas. its knees. <laughs> yeah. A light snowfall. That's the year that, that true. Christmas was ruined in Florida. <laughs> My question anyway. is, so Joe uses his Santa powers, his newfound snow, ta- yeah. Santa powers to make it snow. What does that accomplish? It gives Bob Canada his Christmas wish. Gives him hope. But what is the- whimsy? What do how mean? does it's how mad. does how does it's Bob just Joe testing out his magic because it's the only gift that Joe can give right now without the sack and the sleigh. Why? Uh, all right, all right, I'll buy it. Because he's seems, like, I can't be Santa right now. It like, seems very no, no, no. It works. Unrelated to everything. No, it's not. Because Joe's like, oh, well, how can I be Santa if I don't have the sack and the sleigh? And he's like, well, you can do this. You can give Bob his. All right, his all right, I'll buy it. You know what is crazy? That like when Joe shows up and Santa doesn't have the sleigh or the sack and Santa's like kind of like, where's the sleigh? And then Joe says, I thought you had it. And then Santa does this extremely earnest, like he does. nervous laugh. Did you notice this? Yes. He goes. <laughs> he does. It's exactly like Ernest. I was like, they're oh, so, hey. I was like, they're so similar. You know what this made me think, Dave? As soon as I saw that. What did it make you think, Aaron? Ernest is the next Santa Claus. Oh, oh, snap. Whoa. He, he says in the beginning of the movie that he feels like his own personal holiday. Oh, my God. Oh, and that he's one with the Yuletide. I love this. I know what you mean. Cannon. And he's drawn to Santa Claus. They are drawn sure. to each other. Why does it feel like his own personal holiday? And then he, he also has the love of Christmas and the understanding of children. Mm-hmm. He has the qualities. Right. No, I, I agree with you. Ernest is the next Santa after Joe. I buy it. He he rides. He drives the sleigh. He does. He has more he sleigh almost time. knows all the reindeer names. That's true. He can learn ninety-seven <laughs> percent of the way, or ninety percent of the way there. But like Joe's gonna 5. pass the torch to Ernest. <laughs> yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense to me. Ernest is the Santa we have now. Aww. That's why we haven't had an Ernest movie in a while. He's busy. Oh, I like that idea. He's busy being Santa. I Claus. can get behind that. Sure. And he does show up and says, "Ernest P. Worrell, Aerial Taxi at your service." Full circle. He's a taxi again. And, you know, without explicitly stating that he wants this, he does ascend to a career that is higher than what he He started out from. He has a career ascension because he's upgraded a cab upgrade. He's like, okay, Joe, here it is. It's all yours. But then this is weird where Ernest somehow knows that he has to say goodbye to Harmony because he immediately puts on the sad puppy dog face and like walks over to her. I think he's more just sad that he's no longer in charge of the sleigh and goes over to her and then she tells him something that's equally sad and it just continues from there. Okay. Yeah, because then she's like, I'm going to go home. I thought he read the script. And he, (laughs) it could be that too, (laughs) you know, again, trying to make it make sense to my brain. Sure. Uh, but he does, again, a very kind of like, keep your nose clean, This kid. is the sweetest thing is that it he's is. like, oh, I have to go. I guess I'm not going to see you again. And he gets emotional and he can't say anything normal to her. So he has to do the John Wayne impression, which is just, it seems to be just like what he does because he doesn't know what to say. Well, yeah. you, you know what it kind of is too? It's him not wanting to show pain. Yeah. He's, oh, he's no, using his, Dave, no. He's using his voices <laughs> to kind of like mask, mask his emotions mm-hmm. and put on a brave face. Gosh. She gives him a little kiss on the cheek. Yep. He looks embarrassed. It's very, I love these two. This is what I want. You know, we talked on our last episode about you and I writing Ernest fan fiction. (laughs) Can we make a comic series that's like the further adventures of Ernest and Harmony? It'd be much like Doctor Who. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Like, I just want to continue the story of this Ernest. Yeah, he's great. He's my favorite Ernest next to Ad Ernest. Yep. And these two are great. Why do they have to say goodbye to each other? Because it's the end of the movie. 
but they work so well together. They're a team. I know, but she's also not done being a kid. And she That's I think true. she realizes that at this point in the movie. That's true. You're right. Go uh, back to those parents yeah. in Indiana. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know what's great is that at some point, Harmony says, like, oh, I called my mom. I'm going to go home. And Santa's like, I bet your mom was worried about you. Yeah. And then she goes, yeah, especially when I told her who I was with. I love that line. I was like, wait, you're talking about Santa or the 45-year-old man you've been <laughs> staying with? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yes, both of yes. Yeah, like, but we know it's Ernest, so we know everything's on the level. Sure. On so, the level. So everything's kind of wrapped up. You know, Joe's the new Santa. Harmony's, before Ernest. Harmony's going home. Yes, before Ernest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ernest has uh, fulfilled his duties, and... Um, Ernest kind of starts to walk away, and that's when I think Joe, as new Santa, has a a newfound clarity to the world around him and asks old Santa if uh, there's any reason that Ernest can't drive the sleigh for him. And the elves are like, hell no, (laughs) don't let him. This is another thing that Ernest does, which is he does try to make people feel sorry for him. This is in a couple movies where he walks away very sadly and puts his head down and like looks over his shoulder. Mm. He knows. No, he knows. He knows. Can I say what I'm going to say? I think he he does. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. What? I think he knows what he's doing, but I think it's also just, it's a very childlike, innocent thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not, you know, it is the lighter side of what Harmony starts out as. He's not, like, maliciously doing anything. He's just sort of like a child who, like, is, well, is bummed out and is, knows what buttons to push. Ex- yes, mm. yes. I think he is pushing people's buttons when he makes the sad pose. Absolutely. Because when Joe is like, can I have a driver? Yeah. And he asks Ernest if he wants to drive, and Ernest goes from the sad pose and he whips around. He's immediately like, bravado yeah. monologue. Yep. He knew it. I it, knew they'd come to their senses. <laughs> it worked. His plan worked. Yep. He guilted them into driving the sleigh. Oh, Ernest. But then, you know, Ernest, the good soul that he is, immediately pays it forward and is like, can we have an honorary elf? That was nice. That's I was like, like oh, good. Don't forget your partner. Yep. Don't forget Harmony. <laughs> and Harmony's like, yeah, all right. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> the and, best team. And that's that's kind of the end of the movie. Yeah, well, except for the implied uh night of <laughs> so, except for the implied So Ernest and Joe and Harmony and the elves take off in the sleigh. They ride off into the night sunset. Mary Morrison is like, Oh, we haven't been properly introduced. I'm Mary Morrison. And Santa's like, Well, once upon a time I was called Seth Applegate. I suppose I am again. Should have said that at the police station, Seth. No, because at that point he was, was Santa okay, Claus. Okay. Seth and Mary are are hanging out and that's when mary oh, is yeah. like so what are you doing tonight and, and he's like nothing and she says Look, my whole family is dead <laughs> <laughs> well she says we'll think of something maybe this is why the movie's rated pg for some suggested scenes yeah, of santa sexuality yeah. wow that was a tongue twister why else i mean no this is some we, we're just like watching this movie and like wow yep wow i mean you Mary know what went there Santa's a real guy. Or they're just going to have a, a nice dinner. What? Yeah, you know. Take it whatever's slow. clever. They're both consenting adults. They'll take it slow. This yeah. is Santa. He's a proper gentleman. Absolutely. And so we pan up from uh, Mary and Seth walking into the distance, and we see the sleigh driven by Ernest, like, kind of streak across the sky, and it says, Merry Christmas to all, and to all good night. Know, know what, what I, I mean. mean? It's lovely. That's where Ernest should be. Yeah. In the sky with Santa Claus. I agree mm-hmm. with that. And that's where he is. Um, there is an end button with Chuck and Bobby. Oh, whatever. I don't care. No, that, that, that didn't. They should have cut that out. Yeah. They should have uh, waited a little longer to show it. Yeah, it should have been after the credits. Yeah, you gotta get, it let ruined, us... It ruined that, the sweet moment. I agree 100%. We'll give it a little space. That's my notes, if you're still editing this movie <laughs> in 2015. Who, so who is Christmas Ernest? 
Who is Christmas Ernest? Well, he he was a race car driver. Yep. I still think that he may have had a amateur career in acting. Yeah. Because he has a series of costumes at his house, and he seems to spontaneously go into actor monologues without seeming to try. Oh yeah. So I think there are actor tendencies in there. I think he was a race car driver, and then I think an actor, and then I maybe possibly had some horrible accident. Some horrible trauma happened and he became a cab driver. But now he is Santa Claus. Absolutely. And it's interesting because he is, for all intents and purposes, a bit player in the story of Santa, Joe, and Harmony. Not so much. I mean, he saves Christmas. Well, that's what I was going to say. He is also, despite being a bit player, he is the linchpin that holds them all together Mm -hmm. and saves Christmas at the end. He's the linchpin, but he also, by bringing Harmony into it, he is an instigator Joe is kind of the one who saves it in a way. That's that, You can make that argument, I mean, sure. It, Santa would still be sitting in jail if it weren't for Ernest. Yeah. This and is and then the next movie would have been Santa Goes to Jail. And Santa wouldn't have had a ride to Joe's. <laughs> Fair point. Because he had but no money. No money. There's a lot of players in the story mm-hmm. who oh, yeah. contribute. Oh, now, yeah. now, when you said uh, Ernest brought Harmony into the mix, did you mean Ar- Harmony the character or, or Harmony the concept? The concept of Harmony. Yeah. Oh, we can we can go for both. Could be could be both. Yeah. Both. This is a deep movie. Now, Dave, this has like a thirty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something. That boggles can you my mind. That? No, this is a great movie. Or Lisa, you're not really um, biased toward Ernest. Is this no. a thirty-eight percent movie? No. If I were to guess, I would have put it in the sixties or seventies, probably because through the lens even of being a kids movie, it's fantastic. Thank it's you. It's actually yeah. good without that lens. But when you put that on, because a lot of kids movies just are lazy, and it really isn't. Yeah. It's very sweet and genuine. It's a really good Santa premise. Like a lot of Santa premises are tired. This mm-hmm. one's actually good, but it's also not a stretch. And Santa's really sweet. Yeah. Um, and and Ernest is the sweetest Ernest we can possibly want. Oh yeah. The smartest, the kindest, they both the best actor. It's just such a solid story. And like I know we have gone over like a little bit of like the behind the scenes mm-hmm. of this and it seems like there was like a lot of sort of back and forth kind of push and pull between the Ernest Brain Trust and Disney. But yeah. I, th- I think like a good thing came out of that. And yeah, you know, I think so too. Limitations can be difficult when you're making anything, but it can also really improve and help congeal your film into something uh, great. Uh, you need your editors. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice mix. Like the Santa stuff and the Ernest stuff, it's harmony. It works really well. It's uh, a very nice combination. Everybody go and review Ernest All, all of Saves our film Christmas. critic listeners, please review this film. I mean, I mean, that's why I always ignore Rotten Tomatoes Oh, yeah, anyway. of course. I mean, I do too. But, like, I hate the idea that somebody would go there and be like, oh, I guess it sucks. Like, Ernest Saves Christmas is great. It's a oh, yeah. good movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, just aside from the fact that it's an Ernest movie and that we love Ernest, it's a really good movie. I mean... I owned this movie on DVD for years, independent of you and I talking about Ernest Mm -hmm. or having this podcast. I was just like, this is a movie that I loved when I was a kid, saw it later, was like, oh, holy crap, this holds up and own it. Yeah. Yeah. Blu-ray, please. Yeah. yeah, Why is this not on Blu-ray? Come on, Disney. It's it's the only Disney film not on Blu-ray. Come on, Disney. It's in the vault. Yeah, seriously. Well, I mean... Yes, this is my favorite Ernest of all the Ernests. Same. Me too. He's wonderful. I love him dearly, and I'm glad that he is Santa.
Oh, yeah. I don't know if there's anything more we can say about the relationship between Ernest and Harmony. Sometimes, they complement each other. Yep. Sometimes he's the adult and she's the child. Well, you need that cynicism, hard cynicism against Ernest's like extreme optimism. Absolutely. I think they both bring out the best parts of each other. I think Ernest is at his best when there's another character closely tied to him that is bringing out... It's making him a more intense Ernest, but it makes him a better Ernest. That's what you want from all of your relationships. Of course. Yeah. And maybe that's why this movie really works for me. You're better than camp and better than all the others. I'd agree with that. I can say more, but we've been recording for 10 hours. So. I know. By the time we finish this, it will literally be Christmas. Be... <laughs> Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Elisa. Yeah. I Thanks. hope you enjoyed this five hour. Like, No, it's great. I, I love um, talking about this. Ernest is um, it's a weird thing for me, but the Christmas holds a special place in my heart. It reminds me of our own Christmas follies and... <laughs> I, I think it can be a Christmas tradition for me now, for nice. sure. Are we going to have Elisa draw an Ernest Doodle oh, for yeah. our... Uh... You got to draw an Ernest Doodle. Oh, God. It's, we're having people draw Ernest from memory. Get uh, her something right now. I will. I'm almost sorry to see this 24-hour record uh, come to an end because this is my favorite Ernest movie, and I love talking about it. And I'm sure we can talk about it for many, many more hours, but we'll spare you. I knew this would be a big one, Dave, and yep. I hope that this brings Christmas cheer into everyone's hearts. Yep. I'm feeling very cheery. Same. <laughs> so, Aaron, what's happening next time? Next time, Dave, thank you for asking. Yeah, sure. I think we'll be heading to Splash Mountain with Ernest. Ah, and I'm assuming we'll have like a little uh, Ernest extra in between to kind of catch up on things we missed here, right? Although oh, I can't imagine I what can't we've imagine missed. I can't imagine what. Maybe something we cut. Ooh, yeah, one well, of, of our course. digressions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, will, we have an Ernest extra, and after that, we will head to Splash Mountain. Give us any comments, any questions, any theories about the mythos of Ernest and Santa, as they are intertwined, clearly. And occasionally the same person. We'll see what we get into in the extra, and then we'll see you for Splash Mountain. Cool. Because if Ernest is in it, we will cover it. Agreed. No matter what. Well, until next time, take care, everybody. Merry Christmas. Bye.